back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. When you put Jim Brown in the same movie with Lawrence Taylor and uh, uh, <laughs> Dennis Quaid and yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a trailer which needs extra room for people's parole officers. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to The Log Room. It is Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Jersey Johnny coming at you. With me, as always, are Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Hi. Hello, guys. <laughs> Silence. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. Greetings, Earthlings. That was my Marcel Marcel impersonation. There you go. So... Um, how's everybody on this fine evening? Oh, there it is. Look at that. <laughs> uh, it's great. Snowing. And uh, probably the microphone will pick up the plow going by. That's fine. That's, that's fine. A, that's possible. But uh, yeah. It's been snowing here for three hours and not one bit of it has stuck so far. Really? Cool. It was pretty. It was pretty nasty. It was pretty nasty after maybe 40 minutes here. Really? Yeah. I had no idea that it had started, and um, and uh, I had to uh, go out and get some food. Okay. Um, because we didn't necessarily have enough to be locked in for three days, which probably won't happen anyway. No, and I had to get some gasoline for the snowblower, and my wife sure. went, you better go, it's snowing. And it was starting to get slippery and crappy, and that was at... Uh, Four thirty, five o'clock. So, how much snow are you uh, supposed to get? Like a foot, eight to a really? foot, eight inches to a foot. We're only getting six to eight here at the uh, the shore and uh, inland. I mean, north north northwestern Jersey could get over two feet. Send us your pictures of your snow angels uh, tonight's weather report, and we'll Absolutely. put them up on the air. Yes, yeah. please, please, please email them in to uh, snowangels at logroom dot com. I will, will say this them. though, I. Uh, <laughs> Decided I was going to make some chili, and uh, so I went to get the ingredients, amongst other things. And everything, uh, all the canned goods were like uh, ten for a buck. Nice. I got like crushed tomatoes, and I got beans, and I got corn, and I got all the stuff that I need for the chili. Ten, ten for a buck, or or a buck. Sorry, ten cent for ten. They're like a buck each. I was going to say ten for a buck. I would have stocked them on hundred cans. I now have seven hundred nineteen eighty-seven. I have 738 cans of crushed tomatoes. Um, <laughs> but, and plus with the... Uh, <laughs> with and, the he only paid, and he only paid $7. I paid $7. Plus with the uh, the store card discount, I get the 12 cents off of that. So I, Look at that. I Look paid that. 88 cents for a can of premium pink beans to go in the chili. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That chili is going to be... I Pretty bought much. an extra can just to like eat with a spoon because it was that so chilly. chili is going to be worth $1.88. That's... <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to taste something. But it's going to taste like 10 bucks. <laughs> well, the vegetable stock was $41, so I think That's it kind of evens out. <laughs> yeah, they had a they didn't have a sale on that. That was uh, that was well, all I had left was the organic, gluten-free, healthy stuff and it's more expensive. So It doesn't yeah, but it doesn't even it it's more expensive, but it has no flavor. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, 
Well, you're getting all the flavor from the uh, the pink beans. That so d- darn yeah. organic stuff tasting like Mother Nature intended it to. <laughs> I know. What's, yeah, it's please. got no I, salt I, and gluten. I mean, what do you want? You know? More than <laughs> half a century ruining my taste. <laughs> if, if there's gluten in your vegetable broth, then you got a problem. Because <laughs> there's some weird shit in your vegetable broth. <laughs> I tell you. Like, I'm nobody ever thought, oh, I'll put in some celery scraps and maybe this <laughs> loaf of bread and some cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but it makes your chili taste so much better. Well, I'm not saying, but the vegetable broth should naturally be gluten free. Right. Well, that's exactly the Minetti vegetable broth family recipe. How did you know that? How did you know that? Celery, old rye bread, and cornflakes. (laughs) And cornflakes. Cornflakes and everything. And sometimes we use use frosted flakes. That's that's even better. That's just for dessert, though. That's right. That's That's dessert dessert broth, yes. That's the dessert chili. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Speaking of of dessert chili. Speaking of dessert chili. um, uh, Why don't we we talk about the uh, Why don't we talk about the NFL? I I would hope so. We got a ticker that's uh... (laughs) That's the it only way we get back em- on track. Emphatically <laughs> NFL. <laughs> That's to remind us what we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> instead of broth. Hey. Um, listen, the Lager Room uh, Broth Podcast. That's a whole other animal. This is the Lager Room Vegetable Broth Podcast. You don't hear Stephen A. Smith talking about broth. He just doesn't <laughs> understand it. He just yeah. doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> Stephen doesn't is it know. food? Is it something you drink? What is it? <laughs> it doesn't matter because whatever Max said, he would he would... Say the opposite. The opposite. Anyway, it wouldn't that. matter. Yeah. So, Mac, you, Mac, Mac would say it needs to be gluten free, and he would broth, be the one saying it needs cornflakes and rye bread. Right. Broth right. is the basis. It's the <laughs> basis. It's what you make stuff out of. I thought it. No, I don't. Put it. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. So uh, NFL. NFL. What do NFL. we start with? Well, why don't we start with? Why don't we start with the team that should not have started Daniel Jones last week? Okay. Uh, that was, <laughs> this idea that Daniel Jones was bad just because he was hurt the week before. Daniel Jones has played against a decent team, which he yeah, hadn't well, played against in a long yeah, time. Yeah, well, this is very true. And this, yeah, and he, and the he wasn't the one line, that played against the Seahawks either. Uh, no, you know? I know. Right. And the offensive line forgot how to block. Andy Thomas, uh, he, you know. Well, they did stack the box too. I mean, they, they just stacked the box, and he went against one eight, of the best. He, they, they put eight line, line, linemen and linebackers in the box. And well, I would give him credit if he could block one of them. Yeah, it would be nice. But the, the bottom line is, they didn't take advantage of that. They yeah. they did not no. take one once. I, well, mean, mean, I think he, Jason, I think Daniel Jones threw like three passes of twenty. You mean yards Jason once. Garrett didn't make adjustments? Imagine what, that. what a surprise! I'm shocked, utterly. Uh, it's 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 crazy that they didn't. Do uh, I mean even at halftime? Go in and talk about okay. Let's look. They're stacking the box. Let's do something different. Nope. Let's come out and they're going to do the same thing. My prediction with the Giants is gonna. You know, it was looking weak in, in the beginning of the year, but when I remember when we were discussing the Giants early on before the season started, I said they'll probably win five games. Yep. I think that's probably what they're going to wind up winning. Yeah. Well, I mean, they might win one more. Who knows? I there there's there's a lot of uh, pundits, if you will. Sports pundits uh, actually picking uh, the Giants to beat Cleveland <laughs> this uh, this Sunday. Uh, I don't uh, I don't necessarily concur, but uh, but they are. Um, you know, I mean, looking at what Cleveland did, and yeah, granted they lost uh, to the Ravens on Monday night, but uh, looking at what they did and how they played against the Ravens, and those two teams are the Giants' next two opponents. I mean, the good thing for the Giants is Cleveland does not have a great defense. 
and they were, they were, I they mean, have they a were better good. defense. They have a, they, they should technically have a better defense than Arizona does. And Arizona just, I mean, they figured it out, you know? So, I mean, uh, it, that doesn't mean Cleveland can't, you know? I mean, uh, Miles Garrett and Olivia Vernon are not, you know? No. And they're getting, and they're getting healthy in Cleveland. And I mean, I, unless the pundits know something that, you know, half of Cleveland's offense is hurt and, or has COVID and nobody else right. knows about it. Uh, I I just don't see it. I don't either. I don't see it. I mean, the Giants had their one miracle game where they beat the Seahawks. Right. They, you know, they. Who do they end the season with? They play Cleveland, Ravens uh, next week. Ravens, and then, and then they, Dallas, they, they finish right? with Dallas. Yeah, and Dallas. So they might win one more against Dallas, but right. You know, and depending on what I mean, yeah. is that going to be? An, I mean, is that going to be enough? The Eagles are sort of resurgent, although the I only way Dallas didn't look all Jalen Hurts is going to propel uh, the Eagles to you know uh, wins in each of the next two weeks or whatever. But he's certainly sort of invigorated them. Well, yeah. I mean that the the team that's in the lead now and who most people are picking to win the division are the Washington Football Team, which would be great. The one to finally, after not having a name for the first time in. 50 years they're going to win and just think about this and just think about this this is the, this is the first time the word team has ever been used to be plural mm-hmm. you know it's not teams <laughs> it's team it's not the Washington yeah, football right. teams it's like it's this is the first time a football team actually has a uh, a team name not ending in an s you know well so, but here's here's the thing i i would say starting daniel jones is probably joe judges Biggest mistake. mistake all year, all year. Yeah, by, definitely by far. So far. I mean, he, so he, what do you do at this? Healthy, point? he has to. What's that? If he's healthy, he has to. It, he didn't look unhealthy. He wasn't he look rusty. He, but you know what told me he was unhealthy? He didn't move. He there's yeah, never he, been he, one he game in two seasons that he's played over the course of the games that he started that he hasn't moved out of the pocket and run. Whether it's just throwing on the run. Or taking whether taking it's a plan play, yeah. whether it's an RPO or or a run plan run or whatever, he didn't move out of the pocket. He had more lead in his feet than Phil Sims did early in his career. You know, he yeah, did if not you take that element out of his game. And obviously, look, Arizona figured that out pretty quickly that he Very was quickly. not going anywhere, yep. and they just have license to tee off. So, you know, and and again, uh, I'll not that I want to defend Jason Garrett, but if you don't take Daniel Jones out of there, what, you know, what exactly are you going to do to change things up in the second half? Are you going to throw a slant every play? Are you going to throw seven yard outs every, you know, run the ball and block the thing that got you. Well, yeah, but but, I mean, they, they, when you have, when you have five linemen and and throw a tight end there at eight guys coming in, you're not going to, you can't block all of them. You can't. They, they, I mean, they, they rushed eight guys almost every single play. So they were you can only they, rush eight guys if you're throwing the ball. Right, but they didn't throw the ball. They rushed eight guys and they still ran the ball. <laughs> it wasn't a good game for them. It was not. It was. It, it, they, it's they because didn't. they. So the point, so the question here is, what do you do going forward? Do you just who cares? Daniel Jones. <laughs> I wait. I wait another five, six, seven years for the Giants to finally give up on this disaster of a fucking draft pick, and maybe the, the we'll get another defensive lineman and a linebacker. Maybe the worlds will collide again, and we'll have a championship. But until then, they're mediocre at best. They're below mediocre. Mediocre is like you know, hey, we might win eight games. No. They're they're in the they're just not bad enough to get a good. But, <laughs> but can right. they build? Can they build a good enough defense? 
I think they can. The one that's more consistent, as in the game they played against Seattle. Yeah, you know, look, they played a little over their heads in that game. No They're closer on defense, I think. Closer on defense. So what if you build a great offense. defense, which is a giant Giants question, yeah. right? That's the way they do it. And then all you need, you don't need to, you know, you don't need a superstar quarterback. You just need a game manager. You right, can but, win Super Bowls that but way. By, I, when I say they're close, you know, based on this past week, you would say, okay, are they that close on defense? Well, they, it seems you like know, they took a step back. Which, yeah, because they played a decent team. Right. But they're going to go up against a potent Cleveland offense, which we're going to assume half the team is not out with COVID and no one knows about it. I, I think the they're Giants have, be again. I think the Giants have to be more creative on the front, on the on their defensive line. They were a couple games back. And they were able to get some pressure. That's going to help their DBs. Their DBs are good, but they're but they're not great. And whenever they have to be forced, they're going to be one of them is going to be forced to cover man to man, and they're going to be exposed against Cleveland. And unless they get pressure uh, on the quarterback, and it doesn't seem like they were not able to do it this past week, I doubt they're going to. You know, and oh, by the way, buckle up because Cleveland's going to run the ball down your throat. So you're not going to be able to tee off and on passing downs anyway. Yep. Yeah, you're going to have to watch your lanes and and try and contain. I mean, the Giants might be able to move the ball against Cleveland. Uh, is Cleveland's defense better than Arizona? I don't know. Good point. I don't. I don't know. I would I, say I, I don't I know that it is either. But I would if say they, Arizona's defense is a little better in a matchup against the Giants than Cleveland's. But if they if if Cleveland's defense and their coordinator and everybody else get together and they look at the film from Sunday and see what Arizona did, so what do you Giants do? Do you make any adjustments? Do you, you know? start? Do you start? I mean, do, do well, you, that's the thing. If, do you really I, I, think the Giants would start Daniel Jones and and subject him to injury if he was hurt and I, unable to play? I don't think that I. I I don't think Judge is that kind of. I mean, I'm not the biggest Joe Judge fan, but the one thing I, I don't, I think he's very conservative in that manner. I don't think I, he's going to put him in there. I'm going to place more blame play. on Daniel Jones than I'm going to place on on Joe Judge. Fair enough. You know, because if if Daniel Jones realized he wasn't going to be able to mo- be mobile and and move around as much as he needed to and could and usually does. He should have spoken up, and he no, just wanted to get back on. in the game. No, you can't. No, say I know that. he wants to get back in the game, but it's not. No, but look, no, look. Nobody is ever going to say, "Take me out, coach." I'm not. But if the, if the I game can't plan, run a, I can't run a, a, a run pass option. You got to take me out. No one's ever going to. You know that. So he's just going to lie to him and just go in there with knowing he has to do it. Just can't lie to the coach. Play. They had to have run throughs during the week before this game where they tested him out to see if he could play. And and watch him and say, okay, we think he's yeah. good enough. All right. And well, then it, then it had to be then it had to be him being able to do it, sure, in practice and everything else. But in when it came to the game time, he was just nervous. And and I, I don't know. Well, or, well listen, maybe, maybe it was one of them. Know, it had to be maybe, one of them. Maybe there's a big, you know, obviously there's a big difference in being in a, an in-game situation. Right. And uh, who knows? Maybe he tweaked something or whatever. I don't know. My my question is moving forward through the rest of this season. Right. Have the Giants and you're the you're the fans. You guys are both fans. Have the Giants done enough where they can start Colt McCoy for the next couple games if Daniel Jones is not ready. And okay, they don't make the playoffs, but maybe they get their five wins or whatever. And you go, well, it's an improvement. We're seeing improvement. We know we've got a good coach now. Are you going to be happy with that as fans? No, no. No. But uh, this season, I'm not happy with anything this season because I'm the no, one. No, but, but what I'm, I'm the one who predicted exactly where they were going to be, 
when everybody was jumping up and down, sending, you know, firecrackers off because, hey, we're going to win the division by winning five games. Well, yeah, but you can't go by what the, you know, the professionals say because they want clicks and they want controversy. No, and they want a my, hot take. My, my point being is that it's another season where the Giants are going to be below 500. They're going to have a couple games where they moved in a positive direction. But the overall season, yes, is it a building? How many more building seasons? Do you need to have? I don't know. That's it. I mean, maybe that, is it four? Is it three? I mean, it doesn't seem like you have you have the luxury. This was supposed of to be the one. You, you don't have this one, one right. and then you don't have a luxury of keeping a team together very long. Anymore. I know, but how much did you expect out of a first year coach? I didn't expect. I expected them to win five games. That was my prediction, and they already did that. Yeah. So, but, but so, you're not happy with that. Well, I'm not happy with it because. <laughs> Well, right. Uh, the way they started, they obviously, they that's not the right. Tanked for Trevor, and you know. in other words, let's say they, 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 let's say they beat Dallas. Okay, they right. lose the next two games, and they beat Dallas, and they end. Well, that'll be what six wins? Six and ten. It'll be six and ten, and you say, okay, they were six and ten. They showed some improvement. The defense kind of came together. We Did think they? we have a good. We think we have a good coach, considering where you were last year. I mean, isn't that what was the Giants' record last year? Five and eleven. I don't know. Okay, what? So they won five games last year against a division that was way better than it was this year. So my point being, record aside, even if they win six games, do I think they made a move forward? No, I don't. Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's kind of that's sort of the 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 nugget of what I'm getting to here. Right, but the biggest caveat is losing Saquon Barkley, and that's the real that's the big question mark for the Giants. Doesn't that kind of doesn't that weigh? I mean, doesn't that have to absolutely mold your expectations? I mean, if Saquon had been healthy, they'd be better, don't you think? They'd probably be. I don't know. I don't know if they had. You'd have to think he helped the team, right? He's got to be good for a couple of wins. He's Freaking Saquon Barkley's. I don't know. I mean, he's Saquon Barkley. How much can he do with with the offensive line? There's some. The, the one thing that was I was feeling optimistic about with the Giants for the last two games before the Cardinals game, especially when with Colt McCoy in there, is that they they focused on running the ball, and their offense became very simplified, and it put a lot less pressure on the offensive line to have to do things that they're incapable of doing. And by doing so, they had some success. Now, were they blowing people's clocks off? No, but they but they kept the ball. They they had a little bit more of a ball control offense, and they they didn't put so much pressure on the defense by putting them in bad situations. And that's right. the one thing that Daniel Jones continues to do is he seems to always not only stall on offense, but put the constantly put the defense on their heels. Yeah. And we'll so see. It's not a recipe for success. No, it's not. It's not a recipe for success long term. And yes, I think you can. I think you can nitpick and say, "Hey, they've improved here. They've improved here." There's still three games to go, so we don't know. I think they have to finish strong. And if Daniel Jones is healthy, then he has to play. Right. He has to now. If the Giants were zero and thirteen and Jones was hurt, then yeah, you sit him down and you put the guy who's selling used to sell, you know, uh, Zaples uh, in the parking lot Those in there. Stereo receivers. Or... Yeah. Well, so to, does he? Does in the parking lot. <laughs> does he have to be as healthy as he was this week, or does he have to be healthier? Well, I mean, that I think the coach – I mean, because he could play. Obviously, he, he was, was out he, there. Was, was his health limited, or was it not? I don't know. Well, he, he obviously couldn't run. I mean, he could take snaps. If, and, if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you can't run, then you can't play. 
So if if he couldn't run and Joe Judge put him out there, then that's on Judge. See, I think that's the case. But I, you know, I just think they were hoping for the best. I can't imagine the Giants putting Daniel Jones in any sort of dangerous situation. I just can't. Well, he maybe is they thought, maybe they thought their the offense, Maybe they thought the offensive line was going to protect him a little bit better. I don't know. John is smiling. Oh, and he's John. Gone. John was frozen. Maybe John <laughs> took a. Oh, is that what? <laughs> Welcome to the Harry and Pete show. All right. Well, we're just going to argue about the giant. Harry's no, going to make Harry's going to make cogent points, and I'm going to interrupt a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Jets. Old. Let's talk about the Jets. They finally back to being the Jets. Yeah. Well, listen. Like, no I, doubt. No doubt about it. We suck. Yeah. There's no question. I think you and John thought they might. Some one of you thought they might be competitive this week. Yeah. Well, I thought they yeah. were. They were competitive two weeks ago, and I and I yeah. and they were sort of competitive in the beginning of the game a week ago. But this past week, no, no. I mean, yeah. I I believe were, it they, was. Um, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody on ESPN said they have the best offense in the NFL on their first drive. Yeah, they look great. They, stay, the they, drive, they, they come down and they score, but maybe more often a field goal than a touchdown. Yeah. And then they just fall apart. Listen, Seattle was mad, <laughs> and I think they just took it out on the Jets. And best it was ugly. For, best news for Jets fan is Trevor Lawrence didn't say anything negative when he was asked about playing for the Jets. He yeah. says he's going to take on whatever challenge. Look, I, I think that. You can. I think the Jets can build something really special around Trevor Lawrence, and I think it it might persuade some other free agents to to sign there. I think they do need a new coach. I think that's probably going to happen. Um, and I and I think Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence would be willing to go through a rebuilding stage. And maybe maybe I think you mentioned it last week. Maybe he's maybe you don't start him. Maybe you bring in a Fitzpatrick or somebody like that. Or, but I think I think. If you can get Trevor Lawrence, I think you have to give up on this Darnold experiment. I'm back. And and um, hey, um, we yeah, had brown, I mean, I, we had a brown out for like two seconds. Yeah, I I don't know if you know Sam Darnold is is broken already, as some people are saying. I, th- no. I think he could probably go somewhere and and have a good career, but he needs to be in the right hands. But right. just the Jets have to do a number of things right, and that. Has more often than not been something the, of a stumbling block for them. The they top, might get the one, one right. The one thing they need to do, which is very easy to do, um, is they need to lose the next three games. That's the one thing they need to do. Yeah. Now, you know, some people can argue about that. My point: they need to get Trevor Lawrence, and uh, and I think that's the future of the franchise right there. I think it's too, but they also. Have to bring in the right coach. Absolutely. And, and I think that and might maybe go hand in hand. Maybe a new GM too. Right. And you've got to – the owners of the team have to, I don't know, stop whatever they're doing. Just I get would, the hell I out would, of the way. Yeah, hire some I, guys to, to run the – I said this I think right. in the beginning of the season. Hire some guys to run the team and let them do their work and give them a number of – give them a, at least a couple, three years – you know, Sam Donald, just offensive coordinators and coaches, they just keep turning over. And I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, for I, I do too. I do too. How do you get any consistency going right. when you constantly have a new system, a new coach, a new this, a new that? Right. I think, I think, I think Trevor Lawrence could bring his college coach with him to New York. 
Now I oh, think yeah. they'd I think they'd both prefer to go to Jacksonville. It's just in their blood a little bit more. But imagine that. Well, you guys, while I while I was on the uh, brownout timeout over here and my computer was rebooting up, you guys decided to switch to um, Jets Talk. Yeah, and, and we, 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 you know, the egg timer went off on the Giants. The and egg we timer said... went off on the Giants. So, no, absolutely, <laughs> we, hit the, we hit the uh, third of an hour. We, we 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 were looking at the <laughs> analytics and the vegetable broth discussion. Was, I know. Was, although, yeah, that's that really trend, wasn't true. Was trending a lot higher than the Giants. Well, it really, the, it really the, wasn't fair because we. What, spent, what, like, do you, what do you have to say about the Giants? Well, no, I don't have anything to say about the Giants, but specifically speaking about the Jets and 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 uh, the fact that you just said they need to lose the last three, the next three games, uh, that brings me to this. Talking about the Jets. Talking about the Jets. Talking about a quest. This is a quest. But a quest for what? Quest for six sixteen. Ah. Yeah. Listen, this is the one thing they're doing right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which you know <laughs> they are. Yeah, I guess if you want to find the silver lining inside of every dark cloud or whatever, I think that's the saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. When was this the last time the Jets had the number one pick in the draft? Like the actual number one? Has that ever happened? Uh, was it Damoth? I have I have no idea. Um, you know what? That's a good question. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna find out right now. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure. I, obviously, they must it must have had. It didn't work out. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> it worked out. If it was Namath, it worked out. But well, they, yeah, that, but, that was when they, they were entering the league. Or no, yeah, that, I guess yeah. that was still when they were in the AFL. Yeah, that was the right. That was still the Jets the have AFL. only had one number one overall pick. Ever. All right, don't tell me who it was. It wasn't Namath, right? No. Okay. It was eighties, uh, right? Freeman McNeil. Hold on, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Ken O'Brien. Wait, wait, wait. Before I say no to that, hold on. Number one. Jets Number one if we had an audience, we could have a call. We definitely, absolutely. absolutely. We're working on it. We're working on it. Hold on. Uh, Joe Namath was... Uh, doesn't, it doesn't even say whether it was in, what pick he was. So, um, but short of that, the Jets have only had one number one pick. Go ahead. Oh. Actually, it did work out pretty well. If, I, if it is who I think it is. Mm-hmm. You thinking there, uh, Mr. Radio Pete? Want me to give you a hint? Who's who's the maybe gonna, the Jets' best receiver of all time? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give uh, Pete a hint. Um, you you thought he should have named his book something different. Oh, oh maybe Keyshawn. Yeah. That's what I thought. Ah, okay. Keyshawn Johnson, 1996. Keyshawn he was the first pick. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. so that that worked out pretty well. Yeah. There you go. The other one that came to mind, although I, I didn't really, was uh, Blair Thomas. Blair Thomas, but he was their first pick. But I don't know where he was uh, in the draft. Um, checking it out here, Blair Thomas was the second pick overall. Second pick, okay, yeah. Second pick. So that's kind of the opposite. That's the flip side of the coin from Keyshawn. Because mm-hmm. that didn't work out at all. And the lowest pick that they've had since then was not. Not this year, but last year and the year before, eighteen and nineteen. Sam Darnold and Quentin Williams—they both had number threes. 
So, but yeah. And where? Well, we, yeah. Just great. goes to prove draft picks are maybe not the only path to success. Yeah. No. Not well, at all. The, uh, they the had a number are... two once too, though. They had another number two once too. That was Johnny Lamb Jones in nineteen. Okay, that didn't work out either. Mm-hmm. They're just terrible at the. Didn't he a car wash? <laughs> They're just. He was in a movie car wash, actually. Johnny Lamb Jones. Johnny, Johnny, Lamb, Lamb, Jones. Johnny Lamb Jones, we call him. <laughs> Lamb Jones. Uh, uh, all right. So, yeah. Oh so the God. Jets are historically bad at you know, either picking and or developing players. I mean, right. come on. They, they, they're they going to do it. I think they're going to do it. You think they are? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll find out. I think they... We... <laughs> We I mean, they, 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 left, they left no doubt last week. Oh, well, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, they, <laughs> still, they, they could get tripped up. I, I don't know who they're – I know <laughs> New England, they finished with New England. They could get tripped up with New England. Right. Yeah, well, because I mean – at that point – well, New England still has something to play for, though. Well, other than, if they tie right. with Jacksonville, who gets the first pick? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Straight to schedule. There's just – even again, even if they get it, there's so many ways that they could screw it up. They could oh, yeah. bring in a terrible coach. That gives us something uh, to talk about, and and just kind of you know, sort of quote unquote ruin Trevor Lawrence too. Mm-hmm. So well, Adam Gaze, uh, Adam Gaze uh, said a bunch of things today. He said uh, he's let the ownership down. He let he let Christopher Johnson down. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, trying to figure out where things went wrong, uh, and and causing him to. Well, could have been who you hiring. Could have been who you picked as a defensive coordinator. Who you picked I think as we're an with him, not with Chris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean where he went wrong? Where he went wrong? Not where, where the organization went wrong? Because yeah. I remember they, they and he talked and he stood and he announced Adam Gates was the coach. Mm. I believe that's where they went wrong. But yeah, him, actually, him agreeing to the job—that was where he went wrong. Well, this actually popped up here. Hold on one second. This is interesting. Uh, could Cle- uh, just oh, it's a headline. Never mind. I thought it actually happened. It says, "Could Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, projected number one NFL draft pick, spurn the New York Jets?" Well, yeah. He, well, he, he was, but I was telling him while you were gone, he he actually had, a, you know, he was asked that question today, and he said he he's up for any challenge that 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 comes up. So there you go. I I don't think he's that kind of person. I mean, no. so he's he's going to spurn him and demand to go where, you know, apparently anywhere but New York. I mean, there's worse places, I think, to play than New York. Yeah. No, there are. There are. You know? Well, yeah, I guess the question is, is he, does he, is he, and or does he want to be perceived as yeah. someone who's going to shy away from the big mountain, right? right. Because New York is the biggest mountain, right? Sure. It's, it's going to be a tough place to play. Well, look, it's the big media market, right? Sure. Right. It's, it's, it's one it's of the big, top. It right, used right, to be. But, it used to be the largest. I would say that. Right now, especially with the amount of teams there, L.A. and uh, Dallas is always – and, and I, I, I think that the national media has taken over a bit. So it seems like yeah, teams like that, you know. But, but yeah, still kind of the capital of the world. He's gonna have he's gonna have a ch- he's gonna have the best yeah. chance to make the most money d- d- in New York. That's for sure. And really, he's gonna be the first guy in potentially in you know fifty some odd years, right? To bring a championship, you know, that's, I mean, it's going to be a short list right. of New York football quarterback heroes. Him and Joe Namath. Yeah, there's going to be one other guy oh, no, on no, that no. list. No, no, no. You, you're forgetting this other this other quarterback. Bobby Brister? No. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, 
He's number one in our hearts. Ch- Chad's number one. Yeah, in our I mean, come on. But I really like. I really like that show. But if he's able to do that, <laughs> drunk pains. Drunk pains. Yeah, right. He's, yeah. he's going to be gold in New York, and uh, you know, maybe he's the kind of guy that wants that sort of challenge. And does again, does he want to be perceived as? Eh, I don't want to go to New York. They're just terrible. No, yeah. I would rather go someplace else where I have a better chance to win. Sure. Or is he the guy that wants to say, okay, put it right here. I'll take it and I'll do it and I'll do it in New York and I'll be the freaking well, king in the world if I do. Right. And there yeah. are teams there are teams that need a franchise quarterback, but there's a lot of teams that right now have their cards stacked with a franchise quarterback or at least one in waiting. And so I think there's more teams with a young quarterback who they're saying, hey, this is who our guy is right now than there has been in a long time. And there's a lot of veterans hanging on that aren't going to leave in the next couple of years. So, you know, and he's played enough college ball where he doesn't necessarily need to sit back and, uh, and do the Aaron Rodgers routine. So, yeah. Now if he goes to the jets and we bring in, you know, whoever the veteran is, uh, you know, I sit him for half a season. I think that's really all you need to do. I don't think he needs to, to take the whole year off. No, but you know, give you an idea of um, you know how but your you, offensive line is. Number one, right. you, know, you don't want yeah, to. I mean, look, look at Joe. Him, look at Joe Burrow. Right, exactly. Don't throw him onto a horrible team where he's going to get, you know, hit six times a game and buried into the turf, and right. you know that's not going to help anything. So uh, let <laughs> let your veteran mentor quarterback take some of that abuse early on, right. and then uh, you know totally uh, hopefully tighten up the offensive line, and then you bring in the kid. And I, I, to me, that's it was a formula for success, and that was even a short version for decades in the NFL. You didn't play the first year. You might not even play the second year. How many yeah. years did Steve Young sit? Now, right. again, behind an all-time great, but right. he's not Young. the only guy. Aaron Rodgers even more recent than that. Right. These are not the only guys that that came into the league and didn't play right away. So right. that was kind of the formula for years, and they've gotten away from that. But well, even, think, even Mahomes, you know, with Alex Smith. I mean, he yeah. – well, It was only a year, though, wasn't it? But it was a year, but it was still a year. I mean – if, if I think if Mahomes was drafted this year and and went to a, any other team, he'd right. he'd be out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bur- Burrow started at the beginning of the season. Tua, if, I think if Tua did, wasn't held together by rubber bands, he would have been out there at the beginning <laughs> of the year. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's a new way of thinking. It is. Yeah, I think it's kind of a you know it's. Not delusions of grandeur, but we're hoping that the that the, the young stud quarterback can make us a little better than we actually are. Maybe we're going to play I a think little the, bit of our heads. And I think the mindset is that, especially if you're if he's going to a team that's look is rebuilding, let him get their lumps, let him yeah. learn by doing it, and get used to that the speed right. and the decision making of the NFL. And it seems to have worked out okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, so, but I mean, there's there's a bunch of I don't know. I, I think it, it certainly separates the wheat from the chaff when when that happens. But uh, the, I think, the, I think the there are guys not getting hurt. Yeah, but I think yeah. there are guys that had had more potential than maybe they have shown, and they got into. I always talk about bad habits when right. you're a rookie and you're out there and you're getting beat up, and you and you get into bad habits, and it's really hard to break those. Right. And then. Then there's guys like Josh Allen who have worked really hard to break those, and but he kind of did it by being thrown into. I mean, I guess his first year he didn't, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it. I think it. I, I I'm with you. I think that you sh- they should at least half a season, three quarters of a season, 
sit and maybe some limited reps, but it just doesn't seem to be the, the course anymore. No, but, but maybe I'll get back to that. You don't know. Could be. I mean, um, you get a couple of guys to come out and they, you, we, everybody thinks they're going to be surefire and they end up throwing, you know, into the, into the, out of the frying pan into the fire and they end up failing, then maybe they'll start to reevaluate this and go, maybe we should give them a little bit of time to right. watch and learn, even if it is just half a season or even four games, Right. you know, to get, yeah, I mean, used to, to get used to being on the field and seeing that speed. Exactly. I, I can't see how that could not help you when you it, get it, out there. If the Jets are determined and make the right choice and go after Trevor Lawrence, then I think there's two things they need to do immediately before that. Number one is they need to hire the best offensive line coach they can find. And number right. two, they need to get a, some young but experienced offensive linemen in free agency and pay them. Yeah. And because that's really where their success is going to lie. Yeah. No, you're right. Definitely. Um, how about a couple other games? Uh, what do you think of the uh, Rams Pats game last uh, Thursday night? Uh, 24-3. Rams, the, Ra- uh, the Rams look pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, they do. I mean, yeah, is it is it that the Rams look as good as they looked, or is it are the Pats just done? I don't think the Pats are done, but they're not one touchdown. They're nothing, just they're they're very 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 dismal on offense. If yeah. they can't produce points through special teams and turnovers, they're they just can't move the ball. Yeah. And, and it's not all on Cam Newton. This was a, we saw some of this with Brady last year. They don't have a lot of offensive weapons, and for whatever reason, Belichick has not reloaded the gun, and they're they're just they look uninspired on offense. They do, they do. Overall, they do, they look totally uninspired. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, think they operate offensively completely with smoke and mirrors, but a, a decent anymore. amount of what they do is kind of smoke and mirrors, and right. uh, you get up against a good team who kind of sees through that. It's that they're right. just not, you know. They they don't have a lot of weapons and no. yeah and Newton, they don't have they, Newton they don't is have not any, consistent. No, they and don't have anybody who can make up for it with a, a an accurate, quick, short passing game. They just don't, yeah. I mean uh, Newton's really deteriorated. I, I in the beginning of the season I was like you know what he doesn't look too bad, but I think it was because he was able to use his mobility a little bit more. Now it just seems like it's just not there. He doesn't no, look good. Not. Well, since COVID, he doesn't. Since he got COVID, he doesn't look. Well, that's true too. And and a lot, of people, like, a lot of people are saying that it has affected him uh, going forward. They're saying they're not, one of the one of the symptoms is losing any ability to pass the ball that you might have had <laughs> previous to COVID. It's a, it's a which is odd study. because there's a lot of women that are in their young twenties that just can't throw that football as well as they oh, used to anymore. And just, now there's some that have come out of COVID who are rifling the thing down the field. Right, exactly. But but right. this, yeah. this idea that you know, well, he's Cam Newton and he's a Cam Newton and he's a professional athlete and he's going to get the disease. And, and he's going to come out of it, and he's going to go right back to being, you know, that it's not going to have any lingering effects. Right. That's not necessarily a realistic thing. To I don't face. think he was that sick. I think it's. I think the time off. I, I think the problem, and you're seeing this with, is that there wasn't much of a training camp, and he's going into a system that's completely different. Belichick is base. Their offensive scheme is basically like, hey Cam, what do you feel comfortable with? Okay, we'll do we'll do this run. We'll do this run. We'll let you roll out, and uh, they have twelve plays. <laughs> right, well, but, and that's what we said early in the season when yeah. they won a couple of games, and he was rushing a lot. And we said, "Well, you can't do this the whole season. They're going to have right. to find some sort of offense." But I don't think they really found any 
happened. No, and it's a miserable offense to add to that. No, and right. his ability to sort of score in goal line situations or on third and short situations or even fourth and short situations just seems to have diminished. It's like yeah. they are just stacking everybody up against him, and he, he just can't overcome it anymore. He's at the end of his career. Well, when everybody but, knows what's going to happen, yeah, uh, advantage defense. Sure, absolutely. And yet the Pats still could make the playoffs. <laughs> and yet they still can make the playoffs. Unbelievable. This is That's why we love them. This is crazy. That's why we uh, love them. The uh, Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are for real. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the Chiefs won, you know. Yeah. Three, and, the Thompson had three but, interceptions and they yeah, still won. Yeah, three interceptions. That's that's very – I mean, he's never done that. Mm. He's never done that. He's never thrown three interceptions. Well, he's he's probably did it on purpose. Yeah. But he, uh, you know – is it what is it does it say more about the dolphins being good or more about the chiefs uh, i think still settling back down a little boy, bit i think what it says is that the chiefs can score whenever the hell they want right but their defense is not elite they have a good defense it's better i think than it was last year and they won a super bowl but they're not great and you can score on them mm. and Especially if they if they turn the ball over a few times and give you decent field position, right. you know they were down ten nothing. Then they scored what 20, 30 straight points, and then yeah. they sort of gave it back a little gave bit, gave it back and... again, and that seems to. But they won. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, and that's been their formula all year. They they're not really blowing anybody out this year. But they flip the switch when they need they to. Flip the switch when they need to. And, and the only thing worse than the Patriots being good, as for a Jet fan, is the Dolphins being good. Right. But now, like, finally, okay, Brady's gone. The Dolphins are kind of a fun team Look, the Dolphins and the Bills are good. What's up here? Nothing good about the Dolphins. You know, so finally, you know, for Jet fans, look, we're terrible and all that. But for the future, well, you know, Brady's gone and New England is no longer the behemoth. Great. Now the Dolphins are getting good. Thank you very much. So Here's the thing with Kansas City. They were always the fastest team in the NFL. They're even faster now. Yeah. And yeah. it's scary how well, much have, speed they have. Yeah. And I and I'm gonna go out a, on a limb and say, I think Travis Kels, he may be the he may be the best receiver right now playing <laughs> as opposed you know, he's he's having a hell of a year. Yeah. No, he is. He is. I mean, between him and, and uh Tyree Kell, uh, a couple weeks ago, what, two hundred and three yards in the first quarter? <laughs> Yeah. Well, Hill, Hill's a little bit more first half. Yeah. I mean, he goes from great to really good. But yeah. Travis Kelsey is he's 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 one of those game changers. If he could stay healthy, he's going to go down as one of those as a tight end who's again sort of created a new uh dynamic at that position. He's right. he's kind of changing that position a little bit. But what a weapon to have. Imagine imagine having him as your third or fourth option. All right. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> when you're dumping the ball off. To, I'm, uh, I'm imagining having him as the yeah, first option. Right, yeah. <laughs> dumping the ball off to Travis Kelsey. Or, or yeah, or uh, who did they sign? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the running back that they just happened to sign off waivers. Uh, Le'Veon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my, 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 my look down is Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> my check down is yeah, Le'Veon Bell. We already have a rookie who's pretty much tearing it up. Right. right. And, well, let's get Bell uh, you know, we we we'll two put two guys in the backfield and split right. them out wide in opposite directions. Yeah. It's exactly. like the Lakers we'll in the eight. 
It's like we'll the Lakers in the 80s when James Worthy is yeah. your third best player. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have Hill and Kelsey out in the, right. in the, in the pattern, and right. then we'll have Bell on one side and Hilaire Edwards on the other side waiting for a screen. And mm. you, you figure out, go ahead and defensive yeah. scheme against That's that. That's crazy. I really think if there's eight seconds left in the game and you give Patrick Mahomes the ball on his own 20-yard line, they can win. <laughs> Like I would, I would, I would say this, oh, makes, yeah, like no, a, this makes no sense, but I'm going to bet with them. Go for it. Yeah, like a thirty yard out, thirty yard out, which takes it, a point, takes half a second with Tyreek Hill. It takes about uh, yeah, two point one seconds, <laughs> and then they've got five point exactly. nine left. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they can go over the middle for another twenty seven, and then kick a field goal, or um, or throw it thirty five yards into the end zone. Right. Yeah. Um. And then no, the other, the other, uh, the other flip of that, as far as you say, with the Jets fans or whatever, with the Dolphins, I mean, the Bills are one game, you know, one game away from clinching the NFC East. Bills look good too. Yeah, the Bills look good. I mean, it... and, you know, it's funny. Um, this will be the first time, assuming they're going to win the NFC East. This will be the first time since 1995 that they've won the AFC East. First time since 95, and Josh Allen. Was born in '96, so well, a uh, little, uh, little odd. Well, they point, can but... go to the Super Bowl and lose just as well as right. any of those other Bills teams. Sure. Well, I mean, we, but we've said since the beginning. No, they're of the not season, going to the Super Bowl. No, they're not. <laughs> we've said we've said since the beginning of the season, though, that the AFC East is the is the Bills to lose. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, does that game say more about the Bills or more about the Steelers? Yeah, uh, I think a little bit of both. I think the Steelers are just in a funk. Yeah. I think that weird schedule. I think injuries, COVID, whatever the hell else is going on. I think I think their their weaknesses are coming to life a little bit, but they're just yeah. in a funk right now. Well, I think I heard that uh, over the last couple of weeks, Roethlisberger's throwing the ball like forty five times. Yeah, a they game. need to they need to run. Well, that's the ball. not yeah. They they just they, they don't seem to be able to generate any yards on the ground. None. And you're asking how old he's 38 or whatever? 30, um, 38, 39. He's the same age as like Eli, that, so. you know. And and I think I, I said last week that he's you know maybe wearing down a little bit uh, because you know he was injured. He's coming back yeah. and no all the other things, no training camp and and no preseason and all that, or you know limited training camp. I don't like think Roethlisberger's the pro- a problem. I think the Steelers don't have a ton of weapons and i think people are starting to figure them out a little bit yeah. well they're right they're asking him to do stuff that he shouldn't be doing that shouldn't be right. any sort of a formula for them uh, right. but they don't really have anything else to do right now except not at all have yeah. them throw 40 times a game i think i think the i think the look other than aaron Rodgers and uh obviously mahomes i mean is josh allen's in my book a top five quarterback right now you put him at this point you put him ahead of maybe Russell Wilson, I think he's up there with them. I think he's had as good a season. I mean, I think, if you look, if you just look at this season, not the history, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I mean, I think he's top five. I think Wilson's obviously up there too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, but I, he's having a hell of a year. He's he's, yeah. you he know, is. they he is. He, he's having he's having a hell of a year. Um, and and the Bills have the Bills are pretty resilient, but I think the difference between the Bills and the Steelers is on any given day is splitting hairs. I think the Bills are on a little bit of a momentum uptick and the Steelers are just dealing with, I think this, this might be a good thing for the Steelers because 
maybe they can get it out of their system and turn it around in time for the playoffs. And they have a game this week that should get them straight. So, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one of the, you have a, something about Steelers? No, no. I was, I think you're going to mention the next game that I was going to ask about. I was just going to throw in there the Eagles and the Saints. Okay, that's exactly what I was going to ask there about. <laughs> I thought that might be uh, the next one we would want to. What uh, what happened there? <laughs> you know, what happened I mean, with all of the NFC East teams? Are we, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, look, every, the, every the, NFC East team won this past week except for the Giants. So, I mean, and, that's, and the uh, previous yeah. week it was exactly the opposite. Everybody right. lost except for the Giants, so right. it was kind of a mirror image in that. But right. uh, Saints, what just had a bad game, stumbled. I noticed Drew Brees is off. He's coming back. Now. He's coming back. Yeah, he's off. They've, he's off. They've seen deserves. enough. They've seen they, enough without him on the field. They've seen enough of Taysom Hill, exactly. So, but now was it was it that the Saints were caught off guard, or is is uh, Hurts for real? Uh, I mean, is, he certainly Carson, energized the team. Does Carson Wentz have anything to worry about, or you think this was like a one, maybe one Hurt, and a half? Yeah, Carson, Carson Wentz has Wentz. something to worry about. He should keep he, starting to sell his house at this. He's point. been the top headline on national. He called Nick Foles and asked him who realtor he used. Yeah, yeah he, he's been the top headline on national sports talk shows all for the last month. Right. So, yeah, he has something to worry about. Here's here's a little secret. Carson Wentz is not that good. No. And it, all of this talk about, oh, it's the offensive line and the play calling. Yeah, maybe they found a quarterback who fits the talent or lack thereof that they have right now. Right. And, yes, it's hard to game plan against somebody like Hurts because he doesn't have a lot of film – to watch and you don't really know what he's going to do. And yes, I think he did energize the team a little bit the same way Nick Foles energized this team a little bit. You know, there's talks of Carson Wentz just refusing to run the plays that the offensive coordinator is calling. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I, 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 I always said this, even when there was talk of him being an MVP candidate, when he had one good year or half a good year, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see him being uh, this guy who's going to lead the Eagles to Shangri-La. I just don't see it. And I'm not sure Jalen Hurts is the answer either, right. but he's the answer now. Right, right. And he's, he's certainly, you know, he gives them another dimension. Uh, you know, not that. Hey, Jalen Hurts won a national championship. Right. You know, he's, he's and he's also, and he's, he's not the youngest guy, you know, playing in the league either he's got some experience behind him and he he's a pretty darn good quarterback right yeah and well he, you you're right you would think he's not a slouch i mean he's no, no. he's not some cast off has no. been retread right you know, no. we, we really don't know what he's capable he of. hasn't really had a chance to, to show no. what he could do and, and as far look as far as carson wentz in the great half a season that he had <laughs> you could say look he was on a very talented three team, years right? ago you're talking about yeah Right. He was yeah. on. He was on a Super Bowl championship team. He was on a Super Bowl championship team, and they were. Good. Well, he was and on he a Super Bowl a championship sideline. He had a lot of talent around him, and then he got hurt, and then Nick Foles came in and won a Super Bowl. Right. And that's. And I'm not saying that to do disparage the, Nick Foles, but Nick no, Foles but, had a lot of talent around him too. Absolutely. So but do the Eagles win the Super Bowl they, if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt? I don't yeah. know. Maybe it, they might have. I but I, do. I, I don't think they do. Well, that's that's what everybody says. But look, he was having a great season, and maybe it was more the great team around him, and he was functioning well within that. Maybe he's not that great, right. but he looked great because he had a great team around him. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's something to back that up because you look what happened when he went down. Foles yeah. again. Foles had you know whatever the the pixie dust or whatever. But uh, we've also seen a lot of of Foles where he's 
not that great. You know, right. he's not an elixir anywhere uh, or necessarily everywhere. Right. So I, I think it's possible that maybe Carson Wentz was never that great to begin with. Right. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't think it's, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Certainly if Jalen Hurts is the answer, but you might as well give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see how Carson Wentz ever gets this team back from the reports that we're hearing now. And you always, right. Well, once you're down, everybody wants to kick in leaks happen and we, Oh, he doesn't run the plays that they call, you know, he's belligerent and all that. How does he ever get this team back? I don't think he ever does. No. And Philly, whatever, you're going to have to eat that money. This, how can, you can't keep him That's around. That's a ton of money, though, to eat. You can't keep him around. But he's no good. You blew it. You screwed up. Take the yeah. L. Dump him. You got at least a possibility of a, of a good young quarterback who might turn into something with Hurts. Right. And and if, if that doesn't happen, then you move on. You know, there's lots of teams that bring in quarterback. Now, that guy didn't work out. Well, well we go on to somebody else. Well, that guy didn't work out. They're only they're only they're only solace is if they're going to find somebody that and actually so desperately right. needs a quarterback they're going to actually pick up some of maybe but it's also not like salary. it's also not like Philly has all the other talent they need to win right now right no. you know they're players and a few players away from being a a, a, a you know a talented talented enough team right. to really contend yes. so it's not like oh man we gotta fix this quarterback thing because we got we're gonna win the Super Bowl we gotta win the Super Bowl in the next two years they're really not in that position I mean I think you have to give Hertz another shot and I, I think I, you do too until he fails uh, you know? yeah it, it, until he fails I think he's he's in there for the rest of the season you know if well, they have, they, they've obviously given Wentz a, a number of fails before they pulled the, the plug on him so uh, and it hurts hurts his, it always surprised me that he wasn't <laughs> starting in the nfl i mean this, this guy has a pretty good college career record he, it was odd you know he, he he was one of the few guys so i think what win a championship and then lose his starting job to another quarterback and then come back in after he gets hurt and yeah i mean he, he had it and then change teams his senior year but yeah then he, yeah. Then he said well the hell with this i'll go but he, somewhere else but he's only, he, he's only 22 yeah and, he, and he's played four really good years of college ball so I don't know. Give him a chance. Yeah. Looking at the two guys, they looked a lot better. Money aside, you'd have to say the future looks brighter with Hurts. With Hurts. Yeah. I mean, the I Giants agree. look better with Colt McCoy. I think Jalen Hurts is a little better than Colt McCoy. Yeah, not to get back into the Giants. And it's one thing that I was going to say before the brownout happened. It's just that, you know what, Colt McCoy, the only thing that Colt McCoy has going for him is that he actually does have a little bit more of a game management experience. Well, he's got the name. Right, sure, absolutely, but you know what? Is that really? Was that? Does he have that going for him? Yeah, well, yeah, well you know what? <laughs> Wait, you, you mean know, he's kind of like kind of like really the Dalai Lama and yeah, uh, and, uh, I mean Carl I, Speckler. It, yeah, he you know walking into the TikTok diner, going yeah, table for two for Colt. I'm not sure. <laughs> How do you spell that? Well, when you hear it on, when you're outside of the outback in a nice right. summer night and you hear Colt, right. your table is ready, Colt. Yeah. Exactly. You'll be looking yeah. around to see. Pew, 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 pew. Your table's ready. Pew, pew, pew. There you go. Uh, one other thing, really quick on NFL uh, MVP. You mentioned before top quarterbacks. I'm not talking about the MVP voting or anything, but obviously Josh Allen's got to be in that discussion, right? And 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 Russell Wilson, of course, Pat Mahomes. Where where does Aaron Rodgers fit into that? I think he's right. I think the top two are Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. No question uh, about I, it. Actually, too. Right now, Aaron Rodgers. And I would. Yeah. Right now, Aaron Rodgers has 39 TD passes. Green Bay as a team has 38 punts <laughs> the entire year. So, uh, If I was voting today, I'd give it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, 
Yeah, if, 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 yeah I would too. If it was t- today, if, if the season was done today, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. So, and his, his numbers are better this year right now than they were when he won the MVP. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah, I, I think Mahomes is hurt a little bit because his, the team around him is so incredibly talented. Yeah. I mean, there's he does things that uh, no one else does. There's no question about that. Yeah. But it's, there are other guys that you could put on that team who would have success. My, my, whole, my whole thing is that I think Mahomes is having a great year. I think Rodgers is having as good of a year without as much talent. And I always say, you know, if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Kansas City Chiefs, I think he'd do okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. That's kind of the point I'm making. He, he doesn't have nearly as much talent. And, you know, you could look at a, at a guy like um, Jared Allen and say, well, He's, you know, he he he's really more important to his team than either of those yeah. two other and he, guys. And he's been a little up and down, and obviously his team is going through some growing pains. But he's another guy. I mean, he's another future. Future's bright. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league right now. This is true. This is definitely. Well, there true. Just, there's just there's just none in New York. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just not in New York, exactly. <laughs> well, not in downstate New York. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's there's one in New York, and then there's there's one in New York, and none in New, New, in New, New Jersey. Off, shipped off to Jersey. That's right. There you go. So, should we do some picks? Sure. Sure. Why don't we do? Why don't we do some picks? Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. All right, uh, here we go. Quick uh, recap from last week. It was an interesting week. Um, of course, John still uh, sits in front. He went three and two, so it's forty-five and twelve. Uh, Harry picked up a game, going four and one. He's thirty-six and twenty-one now, which is very respectable, young man. Absolutely. Uh, yours truly three and two, so uh, two games separating. Uh, Harry and I for second place. That's the real race in this thing. And the coin, screw you, George Washington. <laughs> One and four. They're now uh, the coin is now under five hundred at twenty eight and twenty nine. So there you go. I don't mathematically. I think they're kind not of quite not quite out of the running. I mean, uh, Harry or or I could really go on a horrible tear, a Jets like tear. Yeah, and maybe the coin could catch up, but I don't think that's going to happen. Not, not, at, not out of the uh, question. Right. For not me. out of the, no, it's it's possible, but unlikely. But uh, yeah, the real battle here is for second place. John wins first place and a Panera bread coupon or whatever it is, and your yoga and, pants. and a pair of yoga pants so you can go in there. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, start off this week with the uh, Got my yoga pants with... on Craigslist. <laughs> And they go, oh, they have to be, uh, they have to be a football team yoga pants. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jaguars. What were those pants that everybody wore in the 90s? Oh, the, oh Zuba, Zubas? Yeah, there you go. Stripes, zebra stripes. On. Jesus Christ. Anyway. All right. Let's, so we got uh, one, two, three, one, six, six games this week because we got games. Saturday games and night games and the horrible New York team games. Oh, my. New Jersey team games. So let's start off with the old uh, Chargers, not the Clippers, not the L.A. I got L.A.C., not the Clippers, but the Chargers against the L.V., which is my new name for them Las Vegas Raiders. There you go. Some firings going on in Vegas this week. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it'll help them. There you go. Look, their team, I think, has a pretty good future, um, largely because of Chucky, but... 
they're, they're up and down this year like everybody else um yeah anybody want to pick the chargers I, I i you know what i mean i've been back and forth about this game i it you, i haven't you, thought you look, about it you look at you look at the chargers <laughs> and you think okay well maybe they actually could win the game but i just don't think so i i think the uh, i think i think the raiders are in this game the Raiders rule out defensive starters Farrell Morrow, Arnett, and Jonathan Abram versus Chargers. I still think the Raiders win. I still think the Raiders win. <laughs> this is a tough one. I don't I don't know. The Raiders are just a team. Can you really figure them out? You'd think that Chargers would put it together at some point, right? Yeah. We talked about how good uh Hey Bear Herbert. Hey Bear, hey Bear Herbert, um, and you know you think he's gonna he's gonna it's it's gonna come together, but they they what do they have three wins this season? I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. All right, Harry, looking to pick up another game. Let's flip the old coin here, and the coin comes up heads, so that means home team. So, uh, once again, now this was a losing formula for us last week, John. Yes, it was. And we all lost except for Harry in one of those games. Oh, the Arizona game. So, yeah. we'll see if that happens again. Uh, Buffalo at Denver. Harry, since you're the Denverite here amongst us. Den- you, uh... Denver and the Giants are so similar to me. It's just, uh, although Denver it doesn't quite get me as, give me as much agita. Um, the, the, the Broncos are not going to win. Anybody want to disagree, John? I don't. I know the Bills are. I don't team. either. It's no Buffalo. I think is on a mission. So uh, the coin says tails. Hmm. So they like the Buffalo boo, the Buffalo Bills as well. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, Carolina at Green Bay. I'm going to just go out on a crazy limb and pick Green Bay. Yeah, I think you could put GBs for all of us. Okay. How do no. you disagree with that? No, no. Carolina has a football team. Yeah. <laughs> Their hockey team's good. Their hockey team has a better <laughs> chance against the Packers. Their old basketball team has a better right. chance against Grandma the Grandmama. <laughs> uh, coin says tails. So the coin <laughs> likes the old Panthers. Hey. Eh, of course. Dumb coin. That's why they. Thank God that we're all beating the coin. That really would be embarrassing. Okay. Uh, the old Jets against the Rams. I'm going to. Uh, Put myself down for the Rams. Um, take a look at my jersey. Okay. I, look, I, I took one for the team once. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> so. Rams all around. Rams all around. Those horrible uniforms. I don't know what it is about their uniforms this year, but they just uh, drive me crazy. The, and they have to keep them for five years. That's an NFL rule. Oh, God. Yeah. Coins says heads. So, home team Rams winner. There you go. All right, Cleveland and the Giants. This is probably, of course, amongst uh, our picks, at least the most interesting game. Yep. Can the Giants' defense recapture some of what they had against Seattle uh, and go up against a very talented Cleveland offense? Can well, Do we even know who's going to play quarterback? And Cleveland's Without defense much. is not so good. Can the Giants score any points? I think Joe Pizarczyk might play quarterback. <laughs> Today's obscure reference was brought to you by <laughs> We Want Zonka. We Want Zonka. Um, 
I don't know. You guys are the giant fans, so you have to pick first. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Browns are going to win. Okay. Yeah, and good. they're going to win by three touchdowns. I, I, I so want the Giants defense to, you know, figure it out. But no, Browns are winning this game. Yeah, I, I would say this could be a statement game for the Giants defense, but you would think. I, I don't. They I think it will be a statement. The statement well, will be, yeah, we're be not that. We sorry, we're not that good. We're not yeah, that I, good. I left out the word positive. Yeah, I just don't think they've shown enough consistency to, to really say, yeah, their defense is that good. It can can play that well, but maybe they're not that good. So yeah. those brownies, the brownies are going to win. And the old coin says tails, which uh, oh, Cleveland. There we go. Largely in agreement. And finally. The Steelers, who now have two losses against Cincinnati. Who is the Cincinnati quarterback? Colt McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) Any idea? Uh, Who's going to win or who the quarterback is? No, who the quarterback is, I have no idea. I I don't don't know. I don't think they do at this point. Pittsburgh can't stumble this much, can they? They're going to walk outside the stadium. If if Pittsburgh loses to to Cincinnati this week, then they need to just – Forfeit the rest of their games and fire Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Steelers, yeah, but, Steelers get what? right on this. Steelers get right on this game. I mean, Kenny An- Kenny first. Anderson's not playing. Kenny yeah. Anderson. All right, let's see what the coin says. They're bringing Boomer back. Coin says tails. So you, uh, you like Pittsburgh again? I think Brandon Allen is the Brandon Allen. Is he related right, to Josh so, Allen? Uh, so Harry's going out to, uh, against the grain, well, against the consensus with the uh, Clippers. It's LAC. I got to find better, better monikers for these things. I like the Clippers. I think Kawhi's going to have at least two I, touchdowns. He's going to have Clippers, at least Clippers two touchdowns. Beat, he could beat the Raiders. And an interception. So, and over 100 yards rushing. So he's got the Chargers. The coin has Carolina, and everyone else is locked in. A, I should say in lockstep as far as all the rest of the games. So this will be a boring week where. Well, maybe. Wait, listen, Harry maybe picks up a game, and then we're only one game apart. That could be very exciting. This is this is true. I just the Chargers every week. They're just like almost there. They, almost it's not there. like they're getting blown out. They've lost. And if there's and this this Vegas team is so unpredictable. I just you it never is. know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so true. There we go. So it's going to be uh, interesting. Coming down to the wire. It's getting close. It's getting interesting. So yeah, oh, we we're we'll picking through the playoffs as well. Absolutely. Oh, sure. Why not? Why the hell not? We'll, we'll pick every game. Listen, then we'll finally get to pick some good games. <laughs> exactly. That, that's Instead just, of the Jets and Giants and Cincinnati. That's where it heats up. And the Chargers every week. <laughs> yeah, just, so the chart that the Steelers and Bengals are Monday night? Monday night, yeah. Yeah. I, can, we, can we all agree that... Can we just move another game from ne- next no week one, to like Wednesday? <laughs> Does anyone know what's going on? Why the like? Why why is the NFL? Who looked at? Don't the they have flex games? Didn't they fix it so they don't have to have this well, kind of crap? Happen? You know what? When they when they when they projected that game, they Burrow. figured that was going to be uh, Joe Burrow, and it was going okay, to be a bigger. Now, so they so that when they screw up or something happens like this, they can change it. They did, and they'd have. Cincinnati's. I don't been think on. they can. I don't think they can flex. They can flex schedule Not Sunday Mondays. games. They can't do Mondays. Yeah. Mondays they are they their ESPN, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, they have. Um, they have had Cincinnati on quite a bit this year in prime time, and I think it was just the expectation. I mean, that first Cincinnati Cleveland game was a hell of a game, but of course Burrow was playing, and we didn't yeah. really know what was up with Cleveland. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I think they're just trying. I mean, the Rust Belt will be happy with that game, but I mean, other other than people, you know, drinking moonshine out of their shed in, in Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, I'm not sure you're going to get a a ton of a national audience for that game. Not so much. Not no. so much. We'll be watching, but that's about it. Yeah, well, we'll watch anything. We'll be watching. I'll watch and... the dog show on Christmas. We'll be watching in Ohio and half of Pennsylvania. We'll be that's watching. right. That's We're it. in the middle of a pandemic. There's probably a lot more moonshiners across the country than we realize. Oh, yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with moonshine. People who haven't worked yeah. in months, and they're like, I can't oh, yeah. afford liquor. I'm going to make my yeah. own. Yeah. Uh, let me Let me make sure everybody's clear. I have nothing against moonshine. In fact, the yeah. first time I visited my dad at his new home in South Carolina – he came out on his porch with a mason jar full of moonshine and said, "Here, so my friend gave this to me." There and I was go. like, "Okay, so there's nothing." You, you don't know. remember? You don't remember anything? After well, I only that. had it. Ten minutes no, later, no, 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 no. it wasn't that I didn't have that much. Yeah. But um, I'm just no. saying, it might be you know, in, in these times, it might be cheaper to buy a bushel of corn and make your own mash than it is to go to the it's, store and buy a bottle. There's some very popular TikTok videos on how to make your own moonshine, mm. and. Uh, Etsy's selling out of DIY moonshine kits, so it's uh, <laughs> it's very, very, it's very popular. Rye, make, making your own rye bread with sparkly really, mason jars. Now moonshine is taking over for the sourdough starters. So exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I could just get that rye bread and cornflake right broth to take off, that's okay. right. It's you know a what? Millionaire. Maybe you can make a rye bread and cornflake mash too for whiskey oh, to drink well, with. Now you're going you can make moonshine out of anything. I'm pretty moonshine sure. out of the chili when it's done. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chili moonshine. The perfect, the perfect booze to drink with your your bread based chili. Chili shine. <laughs> your gluten chili. Chili shine. Gluten full chili. Chili shine moonshine. <laughs> now gluten free. Yeah. Now. Now. Now gluten full. For the next extra, ten minutes, gluten free, extra, extra gluten, extra gluten in yours. Just enjoy. because, let's face it, who gives a shit? <laughs> well, that's what you end up when you eat it. You end up yeah. with extra gluten. You know, gluten in your chili because it's twenty twenty. <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. All right. What's next? All right. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, it's just uh, a lot of interesting stuff today. So why don't we do our top ten list today? Top ten. All right. Top tens. Top ten defensive linemen we're doing. Top ten defensive linemen of all time. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you kick us off there, Mister Radio Pete? Who are we starting with? Oh, Number Bob 10. Lilly. Number ten. <laughs> Number, 10. <laughs> Number ten. I said who, not not what. <laughs> let me see. Yeah. Let me hold on. Let me pull up here. I know I got him on this list here somewhere. There you go. Oh, there we go, Bob Lilly. Bob Lilly. Oh, uh, listen. What can I say? These. Uh, these lines you get to some of these some of my favorite Dallas guys on here. Bob Lilly, one of them. And you always wind up reading them. I well, it's it's nice of you to set me up to I to talk about it. the Cowboys because I know you can't stand to talk about. Not the least, he, he, no. he's he's definitely number one with the most amount of arm pads ever worn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dallas uh, from sixty-one to seventy-four, eleven times a Pro Bowler, nine times an All Pro, nine times an All Pro uh, Super Bowl champion. Uh, one time uh, Hall of Fame, 1980, and on the NFL 100 all-time team. Um, 14 seasons for Bob Lilly, and he missed, I believe, one game. Uh, all, known as a real thinking uh, man's player, very, very intelligent, uh, fast, strong, and um, 
Mr. Cowboy, I believe, was a, a nickname that was given to him sort of post-career. Uh, just one of the most upright guys. Uh, not a, not somebody that you wanted to uh, to take on. No. No, not at all. Not at all. No, none of these guys are. No, none of them are. Yeah, that, that really goes without yeah, saying. But... Yeah. You don't, you know. You don't want to, you know, get in an argument at this at the Safeway with any of these defensive linemen. It's not a good idea. <laughs> He's a really, really intelligent uh, football, definitely football mindset. Um, uh, but Mr. Cowboy, there you go, Mr. Cowboy Bob Lilly at Mr. number Cowboy. ten. There you go. I'll take number nine. Number nine is going to be none other than Mr. Michael Strahan. Michael Anthony Strahan. Michael Anthony Strain. His parents really liked Van Halen. Um, so, but uh, yeah, no, he uh, he was drafted uh, in the second round of the '93 uh, draft, uh, 40th pick overall um, uh, by the New York Football Giants. Super Bowl champion in uh, 2007 season, Super Bowl 42. Seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, two-time sacks leader. Um, 2001 and 2003. Uh, I believe he holds the single season sack record. Um, Which is a phony record. <laughs> I was waiting for, I was setting up Mr. Radio Pete on that one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know what? I was at that game and I was probably about 150 feet away from him tackling Brett Favre and it looked pretty real to me. So, well, he, yeah. sacked, he sacked Kelly Ripa, so that should <laughs> add one more to the list. <laughs> and, uh, Call it good. There you go. But, uh, you know, defensive player of the year in 01. Uh, remember the 2000s all-decade team. He's in the Giants' ring of honor. His number 92 on the Giants is retired. And he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's, uh, you know, his, his uh, he officially ranks, uh, as sack leader, he officially ranks sixth in NFL history with 141 and a half career sacks. He also holds the official like I said, the official sack record is uh, 22 and a half set in 2001. I would uh, give that to him if it was uh, anyone, if it was a non-Jet. Yeah, well, I mean. Who had the 22. Who did he beat? What was that? What was, who, was that? who held the record before him? What was that? What was that guy's name? Mark. Mark, Mark Mullet. Mark Mullet Gastineau. <laughs> Mark the Stud Gastineau. Yeah. But, I mean, he has – Michael Strahan has done plenty of stuff, you know, post, uh, post-NFL. post I mean, obviously he's just – Yeah, he's had a heck of a career. And, you know, he was really good on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's I don't hate the guy. I just think his record is bogus. <laughs> That's all. And, yeah, and, if, and if he didn't beat a Jet, then you wouldn't have any if problem with that a, either. If it wasn't a Jet, I wouldn't even <laughs> care about that. Yeah. I just want to know who the half a quarterback was. <laughs> it was uh, Pepe, the, the short was, guy. It was, what's his name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doug Flutie? He sacked Doug It was Flutie Doug Flutie. Flutie. He yeah. sacked Doug Flutie. It was 01. Yeah, he sucked Doug Flutie that year. Well, he sacked him twice, and that counted for half. <laughs> for half. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, there you go. Number nine, Michael Strahan. Harry, bring us to number eight. Please. Number eight is Gino Marchetti, who's played so long ago that his Wikipedia picture is a drawing. Uh, <laughs> he played, I guess, from what in the fifties and and into the sixties. Uh, he was he was in the U.S. Army and fought in the Battle of the Bulge as a machine <laughs> as a machine gunner during World War II. Can't make this shit up. So talk about you know 
yeah, there was no there was no screwing around. Look at that guy. He, oh you know, my god! Yeah, yeah, really? He looked like a defensive he, lineman. He was the defense. Yeah, he was the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, he played. He he was a two time NFL champion, an eleven time Pro Bowler. He played for the Dallas Texans as well as the Baltimore Colts. Um, yeah, just un- unbelievable. He 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 played so long ago that that. In his rookie season, the Yanks became the Dallas Texans, which then became the Baltimore Colts. Right. So he, yeah, it's it's just he he uh, he was he he was started as an offensive lineman, and then obviously uh, became a defensive lineman, sure. and was a member of the NFL's 50th anniversary team, 75th anniversary team, and 100th anniversary team, and uh, the 1950s All Decade team, and you know uh, those those Colts. Uh, the, the teams that he played for on the Colts were just, they sort of reinvented defense in those days. Sure. And uh, Forrest Gregg in an interview said, you ask who was the best, just my opinion. Marchetti was the best all around player I ever played against. That's saying a lot. Yeah. That's and, and look, definitely and a lot. He's a guy that you go, well, Oh, what, what did you do before you became a football player? I was a machine gunner. I was a machine gunner, gunner in World War II. At the Battle of the Bow. You know? Yeah. So uh, yeah. what did you do before you became a football player? That's right. Oh, I, yeah. I, I sold ice cream. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, I, went, I went to college. <laughs> like, yeah. like which part of his life is, you know, the better part? I, know? I hooked up with co-eds. He, he was a, <laughs> kind of a war hero or uh, he was a yeah. uh, outstanding, maybe the best of all time lineman in the NFL. Well, he yeah. was named the top defensive end of the NFL's first 50 years. Yeah. So. But he, he, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he played both offense and defense most of the time, like almost every game. Right. <laughs> so it's just... Yeah, two-time NFL champion, and obviously before Super Bowls. But uh, you know, it's just uh, and 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 who knows how, how many more years he would have played because he came back from the war and then went to Modesto Junior College mm-hmm. before finally playing football at the University of San Francisco. So, uh, 14th overall pick by the New York Yankees. Yeah, the New York was, Yanks. New York Yanks. Yeah, and he was yeah. part of that uh, Baltimore Colts '58 team that. Played against the Giants in the greatest game ever played, yeah. and and it, and you know Giants were I've said it before Giants were heavily favored in that game, and yeah. then the Colts won. Well, he made the big tackle against Frank Gifford to stop yeah. him from first down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. and and I think he, he he fractured his ankle on that play, and insisted on and it's I don't think he could play, but he insisted on watching the rest of the historic overtime contest for the sideline rather yeah. than getting medical attention. Right. Eh, it's just a broken ankle. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, got, I'm, got another one. I'm a freaking machine gunner. Put yeah, me back in. exactly. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go, folks. Number eight, Gino Marchetti. Uh, Pete, why don't you bring us to number seven? Of course, after that, everyone else is kind of like, I don't know, what did this guy do? <laughs> <laughs> like, geez, that that guy was number eight. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> number seven, uh, another cowboy on the list, Randy White. Uh, talk about a man's man. Uh, actually began his career as a linebacker, but uh, was moved uh, to the defensive tackle position, I think it's maybe the second year of his career, and mm-hmm. became just, again, he's on our top ten list and a lot of other top ten lists. Uh, he also, an Ironman, played 14 seasons from 75 to 88, 
missed just one game, uh, three Super Bowl appearances, six NFC title games, uh, also one of uh, three NFL defensive linemen to win the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, 111 career sacks and just over 1,100 tackles. Nine times All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, again, uh, one-time Super Bowl champion. 1978, he was the NFC Defensive Player of the Year, Hall of Fame class of 94, and the NFL 100 all-time team named to that in 2019. And Randy White was just a stud muffin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, him, 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 and Ed Jones seem to uh, constantly be beating the yeah, but Ed, Ed crap Jones, out, of, out of the Giants. Ed Jones yeah. was Ed Jones was just too tall. He, just, he was, he was. He, so I'm surprised he never got like a nickname about that. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was you know America's team, and you know these were these were guys that played when you know during a time period when I kind of fell in love with the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I needed an NFC team and. This is the time and where they, I was trying, had, trying to had, decide if I hated them or the Eagles more. Here right. he is in the well, in this see, picture. I, I wasn't allowed, according to my dad's rules, I wasn't allowed to be a fan of the Giants because I was already a fan of the Jets. Jets, so yeah. And so, and they had the the cheerleaders. Here, right. Here and if you're a, if you're a Jets fan, you need to have a second team. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you want to watch football. Wait, you want to? Yeah. Exactly. I was born in '65, so. During the Randy White years, I was in my you know, my formative teen years, and the Dallas right. Cowboy cheerleaders were a big deal. That's and right, it didn't right. hurt that Dallas was a, a you good were rock, team. rocking out the Bachman Turner Overdrive and I watching see. the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good stuff. Holding up Farrah Fawcett's poster, that, it was right. Absolutely, I had Cheryl right. Teagues. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. That was a good one. Everyone. There you I, go. Had All Phyllis, right. I had Phyllis Diller. <laughs> Phyllis Diller. <laughs> yeah, but that's the new one. Yes, of course. <laughs> Same red bathing suit. <laughs> it actually, uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, folks, number seven, Randy White. I'll take number six. Number six is Mr. Merlin Olson. Merlin Olson. Merlin J. Olson, to be exact. Um, he was uh, drafted in the uh, NFL draft uh, with the third pick overall in 1962. Uh, round one, and he was drafting the AFL draft as well, uh, with the second pick overall in 1962. Obviously, he opted for the uh, former. Uh, went to the Rams. Um, 14-time Pro Bowler, uh, 62 through 75 straight. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, every but every year, but his le- the last year of his career he was in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> uh, five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro. Um, won the Burt Bell Award. He was NFL Rookie of the Year in 62. He's a member of the 75th anniversary team, 100th anniversary team, 60s all-decade team, 70s all-decade team. His number 74 on the Rams is retired. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he just uh, <laughs> um, crazy, insane uh, defensive uh, uh, defensive uh, tackle. Um, and member of uh, the Fearsome Foursome, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, when we get to another member of the fearsome foursome, but uh, yeah, he's just uh, he, he he his fourteen uh, Pro Bowls uh, are tied for an NFL record. Uh, he just like I said, he missed a cut in his uh, his final season. Um, but yeah, there you go, Merlin Olson, guys. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin, yeah, he, uh, you know, 
I don't really remember him playing too much, but I do remember him being, uh, I do remember him as an announcer and as a, uh, actor, strange actor for vaguely religious shows on primetime television. But yeah, he was, uh, he was obviously one of the best. And, uh, he wasn't flashy though. You know, yeah. he just went about his business. He didn't oh, run his mouth. A lot of people back then were not flashy. They were just playing football, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I would say he was probably. Yeah. Amongst the least. those people, he, he was one of the, you know, the kind of the quietest. Just, yeah. You know, dude. Yeah. He made, Randy, he made Randy White seem flashy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Bit. Exactly. Did his talking on the field. That's right. Uh, well, with on, play, we, not with his mouth. What were we talking before? He was on Little House on the Prairie, uh, Highway to Heaven. Father Murphy. Uh, Father Murphy. Barney uh, Miller. <laughs> he had a guest appearance on a couple of Barney Miller. That's episodes. right. He was on uh, Big Bang Theory. He, appe- he appeared once on Petticoat Junction. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Obscure reference number two, yeah. Petticoat Junction. Can any of us remember if he was – was he a was he a good actor? Um, yeah. yeah. He was, well, he was, he was, he was okay. Fine. Yeah, I well, can't actually. I I don't know if I've ever actually well, seen I mean, him. He acted for. I mean, he was acting for probably you know fifteen years. Uh, yeah, he had of course was a pretty good long career. So I guess he must uh, have been okay. Yeah. yeah. So, then again, I don't know. Maybe we didn't quite have the same standards back then. I think we had higher standards. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I see a lot of those old shows, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Right. Yeah. I see a lot of the new shows. I see a lot of new shows. And say the same a lot of the new shows too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, folks. Number six, Merlin Olson. Uh, Harry, why don't you take us to number five? Number five is, I didn't know this was his name, but Charles Edward Green, also known as Mean Joe Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, part of the famous Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty that won. He was a four-time Super Bowl champion, 10-time Pro Bowler. And I think just part of, I, I think, the best defensive squad of all time. And he anchored that line. Uh, was was a uh, was NFL Man of the Year in 1975, two times NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 72 and 74, and was named to the NFL's 75th anniversary team and 100th anniversary team. And I think probably was most famous, obviously, for being on those Super Bowl teams, but also his Coca Cola commercial, oh, which absolutely. might might be the most famous one of the most famous commercials of all time. Uh, hey kid, catch and um, thanks, you Mean Joe. You, you don't know what it is. Look it up. I mean, I think he always hated the nickname Mean Joe Green. He doesn't even really know where it started, but he wasn't really a mean guy. He was just a hell of a player, and he was, you know, he was. I would say he was far less mean than Jack Ham. Uh, <laughs> he looked mean. Yeah, he just looked mean. He looked mean, and uh, he was he was an intimidating. What six four two hundred eighty pound dude who was obviously one of the best of all time, which is why he's so high up on this list. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, played in one hundred eighty one games, uh, almost eighty sacks, and he did have an interception. So mm-hmm. uh, I think if you anybody who watched any sort of football in the seventies and early eighties, you know uh, he 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 was he was dominating. Yeah, I mean, and and that uh, Coca Cola commercial wasn't his only uh, acting uh, game no. either. No, he uh, he he tackled uh, Buford T. Justice's uh, cop car in Smoking the Bandit too. Um, so. He's in the Black Six, which is like a black exploitation <laughs> on that one. film, and uh, yeah, I don't think I ever saw that one. 
He was in a couple of things. Yeah, no, uh, Smoking the Bandit 2. Uh, yeah. Burt Reynolds pulls in, goes up to Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bandit. And he says, hey, not to tell you who that is. And then he says, uh, Terry uh, Bradshaw says to uh, Joe Green, he says, uh, tackle that car. So, and he did. So. You know, if, if Smoking the Bandit 2, very Obscure reference number three. Much like Caddyshack <laughs> 2, you know, just doesn't quite live up, but no. worthwhile, lot, but worthwhile watching. You know what, though? It was it, it's worthwhile to watch it once if you've never seen it. But um, uh, the, the 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 lemon in that whole series was definitely Smoking the Bandit three. So. Electric Boogaloo. Which <laughs> was one had Boogaloo. the elephant in it? That was two. Okay, two. Was yeah, that elephant. one was only good because of because of the elephant. Tom DeLuise. Because of Tom DeLuise. Yeah. Tom DeLuise. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, all right. all right. So there you go. We've exhausted that one. But yeah, Joe Green. Uh, mean Joe. Uh, number five. Number five. There we go. All right. Uh, Pete, bring us to number four. Let's take a look at number four. One of my personal favorites. I don't know what his Minus whole two. name is, but he's Deacon Jones to you and anyone else for that matter. That's Mr. Deacon Jones, in fact. Uh, about there 10 is. years with the Rams, a couple years with San Diego, and uh, final year with the Washington, whatever their name was back in 1974. Washington, we can't say. Yeah. Uh, two-time uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 67 and 68, eight times to the Pro Bowl, uh, eight times an All-Pro, and uh, into the uh, Hall of Fame class of 1980, and on the NFL uh, 100-all-time team named uh, there so in – uh, 2019, last year. So Deacon Jones uh, apparently coined, or at least the legend goes, coined the term sacking the quarterback, sure. although it was not an official stat when he played. But when they looked back, it became official. They looked back unofficially. He uh, has 173 and a half career sacks. I don't think Flutie was playing back then, but nope. another small quarterback he got half a sack from. Parkinson. There you go. Uh, and was, that's a was, that, well, no. If you, he was if half because he was skinny. That's all. If you chase down Tarkington, that's one and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if uh, that would be, sack, uh, yeah. if you're able to catch Tarkington, yeah. then you get a sack and a half for that. But 173 and a half, good enough for third all time. Uh, 64 through 68, he averaged over 20 sacks a season uh, during that five year stretch, which is insane. Yeah. Very fast, great sideline to sideline movement and speed, and of course the head slap, which eventually got outlawed by the league, where he would just whack a guy in the side of the head, right. ring their bell, and then push him out of the way, run over them, throw them down to the ground. Which which he learned from the Three Stooges. Absolutely. And listen, it worked. Listen, you and that's you know that's a martial arts move. You slap a guy oh, yeah. right on the ear, and you ring that bell. Right. Um, so yeah, I, he was just an imposing figure. And uh, you know, pretty much that was a great defensive line, eh? Oof. Yeah, and, and he and he pretty much deserved deserved every bit of his reputation, uh, and that's one of the reasons why he's number four. Absolutely, Deacon, Deacon the Deacon Jones, the Deacon Jones, and he was. And I said before, Merlin Olson, who I did neglect to mention before, was actually a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm sorry about that. Um, all these guys are obviously. Uh, he was a member of the Fearsome Foursome. Uh, with the uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, and it was uh, Merlin Olson and Deacon Jones and Lamar Lundy and Rosie Greer. And Rosie Greer uh, finished his career with the Rams. He started his career with the Giants in the 50s. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, oddly enough, uh, the uh, Fearsome Foursome actually started there uh, with uh, 
Andy Robustelli and Jim Kekavich and Dick Mozaluski. Uh, they were uh, they were the fearsome force in the Giants. So I guess Rosie Greer took the moniker with him out to L.A. and uh, called it that. But that 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 line of uh, Greer and Lundy and Olson and Jones was insane. Uh, they were just ridiculously uh, tough. And uh, and it also brings us to uh, this too. This is one of my one of my favorite Deacon <laughs> Jones memories. Is uh, is this right here? Um, for those of you listening in the audio podcast, you cannot see the picture. Obviously, this is uh, his guest uh, star appearance on The Odd Couple when he's in a commercial with for Multiplade with uh, <laughs> being directed by Felix and uh, in it fastidiously directed by Felix. fastidiously directed by Felix, uh, played by Tony Randall. Uh, yeah, this was good. If you if you if if, if you if you're watching this or even listen, uh, go on YouTube, Google uh, uh, "Odd Couple Multiblade Commercial." <laughs> and for any of you that fun. are any of you Gen Zers that may accidentally stumble across this, the television was a, <laughs> a box that showed m- moving pictures on it that you could not put in your pocket and bring everywhere with you. And there was only seven channels, and you had to watch it at the time it was broadcast. Right. Google it. Look it up. I'm sure there's a TikTok video explaining it. It's pretty cool. It had sound and everything. everything. I thought it was cool. It used to be made. They used to be made out of wood. It was the talkies. It was. Uh, right. It was good. They used yeah. to be four foot wide and three foot tall with exactly. a with a 16 inch screen. You couldn't even move them around your room. They were so big. And, right. Yeah, they were. Yes. They were. They were a piece of furniture in your living room. Right. And you had one. Back, and you had one of them. Back at a yes. time when uh, things traveled through the air instead of over the wire. That's right. You can now find old televisions being ironic fish tanks at any <laughs> coffee shop in Williamsburg. <laughs> exactly. So, well, there you go. <laughs> that, uh, that, that has brought us all of uh, number four, Deacon Jones. I'll take number three. Number three is Mr. Alan Page. If I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was uh, one, of our, one of our first Old Balls uh, segments. I think he might have been the inaugural. I think he might have been. Uh, look at that. Look at that. Know. Face mask. Look, look at, at that. that. Say so he was actually the second. I just looked. John Hanna was, was, John Hanna was number one. Oh, that's right. The hog. How could I forget? The hog was number one. Yeah, Alan Page was number two. Alan Page. Alan Cedric Page, born August 7th, 1945. He was drafted in uh, uh, with the 15th pick in the first round uh, of the 1967 draft by the Minnesota Vikings. Played most of his career with the Vikings. Played the last uh, few years of his career with the Chicago Bears. A nine-time uh, pro. I'm sorry, nine-time uh, Pro Bowler. Uh, Six-team, six-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro. He's uh, NFL MVP in '71. Uh, we said he was uh, one of two defensive uh, uh, defensive players that were the MVP. Uh, him and Mr. LT. Uh, he's a two-time uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. In 71 and 73. NFC Player of the Year in 71. Two-time NFC Defensive Player of the Year in 70 and 71. NFL Champion in 69. They lost the Super Bowl. Uh, member of the 100th Anniversary Team, the 70s All-Decade Team, and the Vikings Ring of Honor. Is 88, number 88 in the Vikings is retired. And uh, also a member of the Pro Football and the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, he was... Uh, uh, member of the uh, Purple People Eaters. Uh, they were just uh, an insane bunch of uh, crazy good defense uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s for Minnesota. Minnesota went to four Super Bowls, and not consecutively, but they went to four Super Bowls. They lost all four of them uh, back in uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. 
Um, and the Purple People Leaders uh, and Alan Page was a big part of all of that, uh, you know, uh, winning. Um, but he's uh, definitely in the conversation for, for one of the greatest defensive tackles of all times. Uh, he has uh, 173 career sacks, even though they weren't counting. It's unofficial. Uh, they weren't counting sacks at the time. Uh, he would uh, it would rank far and away the best ever for a defensive tackle if sacks were counted uh, as a stat during that era. Um, but it would it would place him third on the all time list behind uh, Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Oddly enough, behind those two. Remember that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, he's only one of two uh, defensive players to win the NFL MVP. But and and he would go on to serve as an associate justice. In Minnesota Supreme Court from '93 to 2015. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty outstanding human being all around. Ridiculously outstanding human being. Yes, absolutely. So, well, there you go. Number three, Alan Cedric Page. Uh, Harry, bring us to number two. Please. Number two is Reginald Howard White, also known as Reggie White, defensive end. For does anybody know his first pro team? I do. The Memphis Showboats. Yes, Reggie White started in the USFL, then went to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, he won a his one and only Super Bowl and rounded out his career with the Carolina Panthers, who I believe are still a professional football team. I think uh, they are. Yeah. He was exactly. uh, he was a two-time NFL's defensive player of the year, eight-time all-pro, uh, first team, 13-time pro bowler two-time NFL sack leader, three-time NFC defensive player of the year, and part of the 75th and 100th anniversary all-time team. I think think he was maybe one or two points away from being number one on this list. And um, he he was dominating, just dominating over the course of of his career. Unfortunately, died relatively young from uh, heart arrhythmia and sleep apnea, died in his sleep, I think. And um, it's too bad, uh, but he was uh, obviously one of one of the best ways, which is why he's so, so high on this list. And I, I you know, I, I, I glanced at a couple of other people's lists online, and he was he was number one on almost all of them. Uh, why we decided not he wasn't number one, I don't know. I just think the number one that we chose was a better player. But it was it, it, it's splitting hairs. E- either either one of these guys could have been number one. I think. He was number one on my list. Not, not number one was number two on my list. So. Yeah, and I think he was two on yours and my list, right, Pete? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 198 sacks, forced 33 fumbles. Uh, he, he, was, he was dominating, just dominating. And a big reason why the Packers returned to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl that, that first time. He's a master of the swim move. Yeah. Just uh, – yeah, and the you see uh, those arms coming, and, and the yeah, the forearm the, shiver, oh, the yeah. forearm shiver, yeah, yeah, and the uh, and the rip move where you come up, and I mean, LT did that better, but yeah, he was also very good at the Macarena. <laughs> you know, was, I, I think he was get a lot of sacks out of it, though. I think no. he was part of the actual uh, it, invention it, it, of that on the Memphis part. Showboats. He used that quite extensively <laughs> and led the league in sacks. So. Uh, yeah, I I think he. I think the we saw them play two, once the, one the, generals, two, the one and two on our list, I guess, could you could really make a case for either one. You know, right. they're interchangeable right. as far as uh, good cases to make either one of them number one or number two. Mm-hmm. So, 
Crazy. Well, there you go. That's our number two today, Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. So, uh, Pete, bring us to number one. That brings us to number one. And as I said, uh, Reggie White could have been number one uh, easily. I, I don't think uh, any of us would, would argue with that. And as Harry said, was number one on a bunch of lists. But for our list, the way we do it, uh, Bruce Smith came up as the number one guy. And uh, listen, you can look at numbers. The all-time sack leader with uh, 200. Um as the most seasons with double-digit sacks, which is 13. Um, Buffalo Bill from 85 to 99. How uh, many Super Bowls did he win? None. Um, but it uh, wasn't for a lack of effort. He went a couple to years. Row. Yeah, went there. Listen, that's uh, which is way more of an accomplishment, I think, that that team ever really gets credit for, uh, to do that four times in a row. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 times uh, an All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler, three times NFL Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Hall of Fame Class of 2009, the uh, NFL 100 All-Time Team. And uh, listen, I think the reason you might give the edge to Bruce Smith is uh, played most of his career in a 3-4. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get a lot of sacks there, but he. No, that's that's meant to highlight the linebackers. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he I mean, he was when you think about those Buffalo teams and you think about those those Super Bowl teams and the offense and Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and they had a good defense. They they had great defense. Right. They were. That's a big reason they were there is because of their defense. And and Bruce Smith was the star of that of that uh, show defensively. So, um, you know, it's just uh, 279 games played. I actually had two interceptions, uh, 43 forced fumbles in his career. So, you know, this is a guy who just didn't tackle people and just, you know, didn't just sack the quarterback. He made stuff happen. He was disruptive. You always had to account for him. You almost always had to double team him. Really fast, really quick. And I would say other than Lawrence Taylor, he was one of those guys who – Quarterbacks did not want to see on the other side of the field. No, no. And he he was a game changer as a defensive lineman in a three four. He was a game changer, and yep. that's and that's rare. Uh, but he was he was he was a the other the other reason why I just I put him a little bit ahead ahead of Reggie is he was an incredible athlete, and I think he did a lot more laterally on the field as well as being a hell of a pass rusher right. than any defensive lineman I've ever seen. He was that good of an athlete where yeah, he was kind of the guy that when there was a broken play or a running back would get stopped one you know the head his way but get stopped turn reverse field and it looked like he was going to break it out bruce smith would be chasing him down yeah he was know, laterally from across the field he, he moved like a linebacker he did times. he looked like a giant linebacker a flying giant through linebacker. The air. Yeah. He, he, you're right he was an, an exceptional athlete absolutely yeah. absolutely and and that and you know i always remember i mean Two things about that, like the uh, the 1990 Super Bowl uh, with the Giants, their Buffalo's first one that they went to. Um, you know, you had Lawrence Taylor and Bruce Smith on the field at the same time. Not at the same time, but, you know, in the same game. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were in the same time. And, and, and but, Marv, uh, the if, Marv, if Marv Levy came to his wits three seconds earlier in that game, that might not have turned out the way it was. But, yeah, this is yeah. true. But, but the uh, one thing one thing I always remember, too, is is uh, Jeff Hosteller uh, when, when he was uh, – Sacked in the end zone uh, for the safety by Bruce Smith. Yeah, Bruce Smith was going for that ball. 
Oh, yeah. And he was going to rip that ball out, and that would have been a touchdown for – Hosteller held on to it with one hand. Hosteller grabbed that <laughs> ball and wasn't letting go. And yeah. and that that right there is is why I always say that, uh, you know, and, and I love the man. I love Phil Simms. I think he's one of the best giant quarterbacks of all time, one of. Uh, but um, uh, Hosteller doesn't play in that game, and Phil Simms plays. Um, that ball is stripped. And well, yeah, and, Buffalo and, 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 and everything and they, leading up to that, the, the, the whole, you know, the Giants, their the personality of that team changed to just yeah. this. We're going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. I mean, whether there was Otis and I mean, remember Hostetler and I think it was the first round or maybe it was the NFC Championship game, just literally sticking his head into Richard Dent's stomach and driving <laughs> him into the end zone to score yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that just doesn't happen. No. Yeah, that was the and, uh, oh, and I'll say this about Bruce Smith in the um, Nintendo Tecmo Bowl series <laughs> of games, uh, particularly the Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, Bruce Smith was one of those guys that would always like there were just like six or seven plays in a row where uh, you would be on offense and you'd be playing the Bills as you're playing the Jets a lot, as I did. And Bruce Smith would immediately <laughs> discard whoever was blocking him throw him to the sideline and <laughs> run faster than any wide receiver in the entire game and sack the quarterback yes. multiple times in a row. It was super frustrating. That's and so that's how much the Japanese game makers respected Bruce Smith. He was one of those guys. He's was, huge uh, in Japan. Yeah, huge, huge in Japan. Japan. Yeah. Still is. He, was, yeah. he was a foil in video games as well as that's, that's on the chain of steakhouses in uh, Tokyo. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, Brucey's. Yeah. I thought it was laundromats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, steakhouse, laundromat, whatever. <laughs> steakhouse and laundromats. Well, it's both. You put your laundry right. in, yeah, and, and then you go to the other side. There's a counter, and you have a steak. Right. You have a steak, and you yeah. go back and get your clothes. Yeah, Bruce Smith. Not not to be confused with the drummer for Public Image Limited, who's also a Bruce Smith worth checking into. But he doesn't no. have as many sacks, though. And he was a terrible football player. He was a horrible football player. But man, that guy, his base foot is. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Hey. <laughs> He's a much better drummer than this Bruce. Smith. <laughs> yeah, this is not true. not nearly as big in Japan. Not and not as big in no, not at all. Korea, a little bit. Very not, very much so, especially not, not, back not. in the early eighties. Yes. Exactly. Well, there you go, folks. Number one defensive lineman of all time on our list, Bruce Smith. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our uh, list for this week, and. That should bring us to our next segment of Old Balls. Old Balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls is? You know, in doing some research on the history of defensive linemen, I could not come up with anybody better than this gentleman for Old Balls. And here's why. We did not have one nose guard on this list. No. For good reason. All tackles. Not not a glamorous position. But today's old balls is none other than Mr. Curly Culp. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, his name was Curly Culp. Um, and, and why I bring it up is that he was sort of responsible for being the first nose guard who actually lined up directly over the center, which led to the creation of the 3-4 defense scheme. And it went, you know, why not do this in a Super Bowl? And he actually played in Super Bowl four against the Vikings, uh, Hank Scram, the the the, uh, the coach of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, lined him up directly over the Minnesota Vikings center 
And it was a big reason why they were able to shut down their running game. And this led to what became really the most popular defensive uh, lineup for years to come, which was the three, four, which we, you know, which really gave birth to, uh, I think two generations of, of, of defensive ends and linebackers, but the, the unsung heroes of these defensive lines were the nose guards and Curly Culp uh, was one of the best to ever play this position. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl Four, an AFL champion in 1969. And he was Defensive Player of the Year in 1975. Went on to play for the not only the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Houston Oilers, and then for two years with the Detroit Lions. And um, I won't spend too much time on it, but he was kind of an undersized guy. He wasn't super big. He was only 6'1", which I know doesn't seem small, but is for a defensive lineman. But Jim Otto of the Raiders is one of the best offensive linemen of all time, and maybe the one of maybe the best center of all time. Simply said, Curly Culp was perhaps the strongest man I ever lined up against. And um, I don't know. Look at him. If you can see this picture, that, that when I when I think of a nose guard, there it is. He's right there. Yep. Curly Culp. This week's old balls. He was, uh, he was also a uh, NCAA heavyweight champion in wrestling. He was. In college. He was. Yeah. yeah. Member and, of Pro uh, Football Hall of Fame, too. That's right. I have to admit, I never heard of him before today. But I that's kind of goes with that position. Well, and that's he, the anchor of the defense, really. Yeah. And, and that Kansas City Chiefs line had a bunch of really good players on it. They they were, um, they were, they were, they were pretty, uh, groundbreaking in in how they in how the the defense uh really was was geared and uh buck buchanan i think was another was a defensive uh, tackle or, or defensive end who was who was lined up with curly and yeah he he was uh he had a hell of a career with the with both the chiefs and the oilers didn't play a super long time but played long enough to uh get into the pro football hall of fame and so, long uh, enough to be in old bulls Old enough to be an old ball. Still alive. He's 74 years old. Uh, so, Curly, wherever you are, congratulations. You'll be, getting, you'll be getting your old balls commemorative mug in the mail. <laughs> so this is not just a old bumper balls. sticker anymore? Just, right just old case. balls commemorative yoga pants. You know. Yes, old balls. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's only if you win. Beat the you know the the picks. You have it's to be in the picks. You have to be in the picks. That's right. We can't we can't just be going willy nilly with too many old yoga pants. No, you can't do that. Only I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to limb and say that curly cult does not even know what yoga pants are. I would probably think not. No. And and for that, I applaud him. And and I would assume that he would destroy yoga pants in much the same way he destroyed <laughs> opposing centers. Oh, <laughs> pretty much. Let's just let's keep this PG thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. That's this week's Old Balls, Curly Culp. Old Balls. There you go. All right, folks, should we move on to a little uh, hot stove? There's a couple things to talk about. Did anything happen? Uh, well, the Mets got a few uh, a few players. Um, yeah, they got uh, they they signed their uh, they signed a catcher last week. Forty point six million dollars for four years, James McCann. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, that there, uh, you know, some people are upset that the Mets didn't wait on JT Riomoto. Um, but, you know, Riomoto is going to cost so much more money 
and he's going to want longer uh, a longer contract. And you know what? I mean, the last couple of years, uh, and granted, it's only a couple of year uh, uh, a couple of year sample size, if you will. But last couple of years, uh, McCann and Riomuto have have had pretty much similar numbers. You know, and you got Alvarez waiting in in the wings, so you know coming up in the minors. So I don't uh, I don't have a problem. Me personally, do not have a problem with this signing. I, I think it's a good move. Good solid catcher. Good 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 move for the Mets. Leaves them some additional room for other players. As long as it's not DJ LeMahieu, I'll, I'll I'll be happy for them. <laughs> there you go. And they got their uh, they got their new GM too, Jared Porter, uh, his disciple of Theo Epstein. Cur- so, Curly Culp is their new GM. <laughs> Curly Culp is the new GM. <laughs> He's their, he should be their strength coach. He's their inspirational, uh, motivational speaker. <laughs> the new nose yeah, I think the McCann's, a, McCann's a good guy for them. Uh, yeah, McCann's a good, uh, McCann's a good uh, yeah. pick for them. I, it's, I, it's, I look, we talked about this. It's not just about spending money. It's about spending money wisely sure, Absolutely. and in the right places. And, uh, you know, I, Cohen is not the guy who's going to go out and just blow the doors off and have a, you know, $300 million payroll. He's the wealthiest owner in baseball, but he's and I think in pro sports too, actually. But uh, he's uh, he's not going to he, he's wealthy for a reason. He's not going to go out and just dump all of his money on on a bunch of uh, you know people that may or may not play well together. He's gonna he's gonna do it wisely, and uh, and he wants to build now and he wants to build for the future too. So a lot of this is going to come uh, from uh, from you know the, the miners and, and building the right farm system and everything else. But he's putting the right pieces in. Uh, is starting to put the right pieces in uh, for for winning now as well as later. So, but. so, so the question I have is: Are the Yankees any closer, or have they even made a final decision about uh, the aforementioned DJ Lemayhew? Uh, yeah, R- rumor is that 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 both sides want to work something out, and that it's the Yankees' number one priority to re-sign him. So, I think it's just a matter okay. of time. Is that? I think. I think. I really think. Yeah, I, I question whether that's really because if you look at Brian Cashman, and you know what he's said is that he, you know, he doesn't just want to build a team that's going to win now. He's always he, right. With the the what's the famous quote? It's not about winning a championship; it's about winning championships. Well, it's been a while, Brian. It has, but in other words, on one hand, you could say, "Look, do we all agree that DJ LeMahieu is the best player on the Yankees?" Right? I do. Okay, so. When is it really ever a, a helpful thing to get rid of your best player or to let your best player go? You can look at it that way, right? It's probably I, I not think, gonna not gonna uh, be good for you to win. However, as a long-term prospect, uh, given his age, and you know, how many more good years are you gonna get out of him and what you're gonna pay him is you know, if that if your philosophy is we want to build for the future as well as for right now, then maybe it's not the best thing to sign DJ LeMahieu to a long-term big money deal. Well, I think I, I, with that argument, I think it would, it's not a good idea to re-sign Gary Sanchez to a long-term deal. With that uh, mindset, it wasn't a good idea to sign Giancarlo Stanton to a long-term deal. I, look, LeMahieu is not that old. And if you think the Yankees are playing for four or five years from now, the time for the Yankees to win is now. Aaron Judge is in his prime. DJ LeMahieu's got two, three, four more years left. They'll, they'll sign some sort of deal where – They'll have an out after three years, but they'll be able to extend it a little longer should, should both sides be interested. And that's all you could really ask for. 
I think he's a stabilizing force on that Yankees team. And I think he's the most clutch player, even in the postseason. I mean, he's proved, he's proven that over and over again. He's also incredibly versatile because, which is great because the Yankees have a lot of young or not so young infielders, especially that aren't so great defensively. So you need somebody who is defensively versatile to make up for some of the lack of defense that you have around the Yankees infield. And other than Glaber Torres, and Aaron Judge, I think he's the, he's he's the one person I would make sure I keep on this team. Obviously, the Yankees need pitching. I think the Yankees c- could c- could go almost any other direction with anybody else. I like who they have in Void at first base. I like I would love to see Lemayhu be sort of anchored at second base. I like the way that their infield is looking. I think their outfield is fine as well. The Yankees need pitching, and they need to make sure that they're keeping players who are not strikeout and home run hitters in their lineup because they don't have a ton of them. They don't have the old school Yankees lineup of guys who are going to work the count and make the pitchers work and get on base playing small ball. And DJ LeMay, who is really one of the only guys on that team who can do that. And I would argue he was for the last two seasons, he's been the best leadoff hitter in baseball. Yeah. Nobody else on the Yankees is playing small ball like he does. So, I mean, just, and he has power. Yeah, and and he can hit for power too. He can hit for he can hit for average, and he can hit for power. Yeah, and how many guys? And how many guys can play three 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 infield positions at at an all at an all level? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I think it'd be foolish to let him go. Yeah. I just you know, just kind of look at you know what that what that philosophy supposedly is, and he doesn't quite fit in. But uh, I don't I don't I don't see how they really have that much uh, really have a, a a better prospect of winning without him. Uh, and, no, and look, I, he, if you get, uh, you're right, he's not that old, but you know, you're going to get a certain number of years out of him, depending on how long they're going to sign him for. Well, they're going to sign him for another five years, maybe. No, he's thir- he's thirty. Maybe. He's thirty-two. So, oh, but so if you get if you get those championships out of him, right, the theory in the first right. couple of years of the contract, then all right, you're going to pay him a lot in the last couple of years. But yeah. if nothing else, you would think if if, if for whatever reason he breaks down in the field, he can still be a great DH. Sure. He, he's one year older, less than one year older than Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton's 31. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Should Giancarlo Stanton be the measure for anything? Well, but when you're talking about people that have committed to, I mean, you know, Gary yeah. Sanchez is 28. So he's four years older than Sanchez. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the, and the, Yankee, the Yankees need to win now. And I think that was a good move with uh, Tender and uh, Sanchez for no, five million. I, I don't. I think Sanchez is the equivalent of Daniel Jones for the Yankees. <laughs> so he's not going to play. He's not going to be a good quarterback for the Yankees. He he, he might be a better quarterback than Daniel. <laughs> so, but no, he's. Have we seen the best? If the catcher, if the catcher is the quarterback for a baseball team, he's one. He's he's. There's a reason why their best pitcher doesn't want him behind the plate when he's pitching. Well. You know what? I mean, Cashman even said that Hakashioka has a chance to compete to be an everyday guy. Yeah. So, I mean, what does that tell you? You know, yeah. they t- tender Sanchez and say that his backup has a chance to be. <laughs> I think the, I think the Yankees realize that there's not much trade value in Gary Sanchez. I think two years ago you could have got something for him. I think, they've, for him. Yeah. I think they've realized there's not much there. And, and I, yeah. I don't I don't dislike Gary Sanchez, but in looking at him objectively ever since he came up as the next big thing, you sort of knew, hey, he's he's able to hit some monstrous home runs. And, yes, occasionally he hits one that's very timely. But he's a horrible defensive catcher. I'm, I'm not just saying that to be mean. He's a horrible 
defensive catcher. And he hit, what did he hit last? The year before he hit 186, I think. And what did he hit last year? 214? Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, so, yeah. So, so to get back to your original question, Pete, yes, you re, you re-signed DJ the man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she yeah and, and the thing about Sanchez is he doesn't seem to be able to separate the defense from the offense. And yeah. that, I mean, that, that's what people say. You know, we, one really affects the other, and that's not a good recipe if you're a baseball if, player. If you're a 28-year-old catcher and all of a sudden you're changing the way you're, you're catching stance because you can't keep the ball in front of you, right. then that's just – I mean, and he did better. He did better, but – He's maybe the third best defensive catcher on the Yankees when they had three, uh, you know, on in their uh, on their roster. I, I I think the Yankees need to get more pitching, and if that means giving up a few of these big name so called offensive stars that they have, I'm all for it. But the, the 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 ones that I'm really sold on is I like Luke Voigt. I think he's got some work to do defensively, but I like him as their everyday first baseman. I think I would love to see LeMahieu anchored at second base. I think Torres is – he's got his weaknesses in the field, but he's hes going to be a perennial all-star. And they've got a couple options at third base, which is what I also like. And they're outfield with – you know, I'm sure they'll – I'm sure you'll still see <laughs> what's his name out there playing – Playing, you know, left or right field this year with with along with with Judge and and Stanton. So, I think the Yankees lineup isn't the problem. I think the Yankees need cl- p- hitters who are better in the clutch, and they need pitching. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to give up on Tanaka. So, w- what's their plan? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Bauer? <laughs> no. Could they sneak in? No, Bauer's. Going I don't know, I'm hearing rumors about uh, the Dodgers and Bauer now. Uh, I'm not hearing them. I'm reading them. You know, the the Dodgers are an interesting team. And and it's being written by LA sports writers is what you're hearing. Well, but the the Dodgers are going all in. And, you know, they sort of of putted around for years there, too. They got a taste of victory, finally, and they they want more. They got a taste of victory, and uh, it's... If it's another COVID shortened year, then they have a chance. Yeah, here's another reason why that's a possibility. Exactly what you were just saying. There's there's been a report now. Uh, Major League Baseball is looking to de- looking to delay the 2021 season mm-hmm. till at least May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they uh, which we call it. They were uh, uh, <laughs> an American League owner who shall re- who apparently is nameless. I was going to say it shall remain nameless. It's not even written here, so I can't even say it. Uh, says, I don't uh, as quoted as saying uh, I don't see any way spring training starts in February. Zero chance of that. Says I don't care if we play 140 games, 120 games, or 80 games. We have to make sure that everyone is safe and do this right. So they're they're plan on spring training not happening immediately. You know, pitchers and catchers reporting in February, and the season's not going to start on time. I don't yeah, think it's well, going to be July like it was this year, but. You know. But yeah, but there's no reason for them to really rush into uh, worrying about any number of games. I mean, as long as it's more than sixty, right? We've we've we've, we've it would sixty games again this year wouldn't sit well no. with the fans. But they could easily do a hundred certainly, and I think people would be. In other words, they've shown that yes, people are going to be so desperate for it that even if you you know cut the season down to sixty games, they're going to come back right uh and so if you do 100 games they'll be fine with that or maybe 120 uh you know the, or maybe even 90 then, then 
you know, fans will still come back. So they don't have to, you know, they're, they're not in that same position where, uh, you know, there was this kind of this, uh, you, you, you got to get out there. You got to get out there now. You got to get going because if you have too few games, everyone's going to just reject you. Right. Not really the case. They were down to 60 games and people open, welcomed them with open arms. Right. So they're, they're not in a rush to get back. And, uh, and people are going to be in the stands too. You know, I mean, that, that's another, that's another thing. It depends on, obviously it depends on where you are too, obviously, because football, you know, some stadiums are having fans and some stadiums are not. Well, I think major league baseball, major league baseball though, I think handled it much better in that they had, they had rules that were for everywhere. Right. You know, they didn't allow it to be up to each individual uh, owner or, or state rules, which I I think is good. Um, yeah, but you're, but you're also you've got you know you're going to have the ability to have more fans in the stands. Maybe not packed houses, but you know the vaccine is rolling out, and sure. suppose I mean I would think that uh, come January it's going to be rolling out even more. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Maybe by July we're in a situation where you might be able to have twenty five thousand uh, people in the stands, or uh, you know there might be a system where get tested and you can go into the game. You know, if everybody's getting tested, then maybe they'll put uh, 30, 35,000, you know, depending on the – maybe they'll have a percentage, a percentage of capacity, let's say. Right. So, you know, that might – I, I uh, think you're looking at, I mean, with the, with the way in which the, the vaccine will be rolled out, you know, it is a two-part vaccine and there is four weeks in between. So I think you're probably looking at the second month of baseball season before we have any sort of, you know, consensus vaccine immunization. Right. I think they have to play it by ear, um, but so, I think I think you could start to see some fans. In, in the everything is speculation at this point. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And, and, the, la- and the last thing you want last to- year, they'll take any. You know, if you right. have ten thousand people in the yeah in the stands for every game, that's better than you had last year. So. And maybe maybe that'd be a good way of getting people to take the vaccine. Is saying you have to prove that you had the vaccine before you can come into the stadium. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. that's yeah. probably. The- if you do that for NASCAR, it'll that certainly bring up the, the <laughs> vaccine rates. And well, are you oh, suggesting that anti-vaxxers are NASCAR-loving rednecks? Nope, not at oh, all. Okay, all right. Nope. They're across the board. On that note, folks, <laughs> that's our MLB report for this week. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Get you across the board, rednecks? Is that what you're saying? The Yankees might not have a pitcher, but they'll definitely have one or two vaccines. There you go. <laughs> Um, and speaking of the uh, National Basketball Association, maybe you could maybe that, instead of having like a, a bat day, you could have vaccine day. Vaccine day. <laughs> Everybody, the first ten thousand fans that show up get the get the uh... commemorative vaccine bobblehead. <laughs> well, listen, uh, if they can, if they can, you know, come up with an oral vaccine, like I mean, that's what they're using that. Dodger Stadium for now is for COVID <laughs> testing. So you might as well just, yeah. And a special guest performance by the new rapper Kovi D. That's right. That's right. I don't know. First ten thousand <laughs> fans get the COVID vaccine, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't go to the game for no. another month and a half. You can come back right. for the second one. You can show up, get the vaccine. This way, you get right. a month later, you can come and get the second one and That's go right. into the game. That's right. right. Well, well, it'll be determined. You'll know whether to buy those World Series tickets or not. There you That's go. There. I there get the you. vaccine. We can go to the series now. Well, you know what? I mean, based on our logic, if there's another strike, if this strike, if it is another shortened season next year, the Dodgers are going to win. So yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, that's right. So, well, the team with the most vaccines wins. There you go. 
All right. Well, All NBA's right. NBA's kicking off uh, next week, huh? Twenty second, right? Twenty second. Yeah. Twenty second. Um, what do you what do you uh, what do you think? Uh, who 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 looks good? I won't. We won't even get into specifics with teams. And I mean, there's been some uh, decent play uh, in the in the preseason so far. I've watched a I've watched a couple of uh, I've seen a couple of uh, highlights of some decent. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna go out on a limb mm-hmm. and say that I think the Lakers have a really good chance of winning. <laughs> is that is that really that long of a limb? It's a pretty short limb. It's a short um, limb. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not sure. Yet, I'm not sure the loss of Dwight Howard isn't going to hurt the Lakers in the playoffs. But I, there's no team that's as and there's so much there. There's so many teams in the West that seem to have fallen apart. Like, can the Houston Rockets can can the Houston Rockets offseason get any crazier? I, I, James Harden just looks like. Like he's just doesn't want to play. It, it's it's insane. I mean, the the deal that he signed, and now two years into it, he's just like, man, trade me. Well, my my question is, does he really know what he wants? No, he never does. He's he's <laughs> just keeps... you would think if he had somewhere that he wanted to go, he would let the Houston Rockets know that and maybe let the team that he wants to go to know that. And and then yeah. at least there would be some sort of talks, but it's all speculative deals, whether it's the Nets or people are talking about Philly, right. uh, you know, wherever else. I don't know. Does he want to even get out of the West? I, I might think that he would want to. He might be better I off. Think he, I mean, it's his first choice. I think he said it is Brooklyn. And uh, but I don't know how they make that work. Um, I, I don't think you can have KD and Kyrie and James Harden all on the same team. Uh, and no. KD's not going anywhere. It's going to be hard enough with KD and Kyrie. Well, I don't <laughs> know, but with... they're friends. They wanted to play together. Uh, so. Yeah, but they're friends, fine, and they wanted it, but it's still it's it's still two personalities. It's your well, friends. Still... But if somebody says, oh, I thought the best I could get was Kyrie as my playmate, but now I can have James Harden. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. i take James Harden. Uh, yeah. To me, um, more interesting than who's going to be good is – Antetokounmpo signing, yeah, five year deal worth yeah. slightly more than a quarter billion. Billion with Say a it, B. Would it be? Yeah. B like slightly more than the entire GDP of Brazil. Yes, exactly. But my uh, question is, uh, does that? I mean, is anybody else really going to want to go to Milwaukee? Well, they can't, just, win, they can't win a championship by himself. Well, well they signed. Know. They signed. Uh, What's his name in the offseason, which I think is a big upgrade for them. Um, so, yeah, I think the answer is yes. Um, well, but, but, I mean, I'm talking about – yeah, I, and I know who you're referring, and I can't remember yeah. his name either. But he's not a superstar. No. I mean, he's who's going to be who's gonna be the other – That wasn't a Max Who's going to be the other superstar that you kind of seem to need to win these days? Yeah. Who's going to want to go to Milwaukee – and sign a long-term deal. And uh, James Harden. I'm going to say. I mean, the Lakers are going to be there. I mean, Lakers are favored to win. Lakers are favored. To win. I'm. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm my my pick. I mean, we're, we're if we're doing this, <laughs> we're picking prior to the season start next week. I'm going to say Milwaukee. I'm going to say Milwaukee. I mean, uh, Lakers are favored right now. Milwaukee's in second. The Nets are actually the third favored uh, in third place, if you will, uh, ahead of uh, ahead of your Clippers there, uh, Pete. <laughs> Oh hell! Well, Clippers are better at basketball slightly than football. Than, than but football, I mean, but my point is, I like who do you? Who's going to want to go to Milwaukee and try and win a championship there? I I, I don't know. It's just not I a lot of. I think I think a lot of players. 
you know, other than the Lakers, where do where do people want to go? Okay, so you got Kevin Durant and and Kyrie to go to to, to Brooklyn. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that's that seems like maybe another. Um, you know, they have Drew Holiday. They've signed Tory Craig. Uh, their starting five. Their, their starting five has four All Stars. Right. With Chris Middleton, uh, you know, they they picked up Bobby Portis. From the Knicks, who's going to be good on their second team? I think I think the Bucks are a better team than they were last year. Do they beat the Lakers? No, nobody's beating the Lakers right now. It's uh, just it, it, you're, it, you're it, probably right. I'm just for some reason I, it's it's just like sticking in my craw there. I'm thinking. I'm thinking I mean, I, I think I think everybody would love that, right? Um, you um, know. By the way, as an as a quick aside uh, of this list of who's favorite to win, so forth and so on, who do you think is last on the list? Dead last. Either the Bob, New York Knicks or the Detroit Pistons. It would be the New York Knicks. Yeah. The Minnesota Timberwolves are just above them. The Pistons are above the Timberwolves. Mm. So, but, yeah, we got uh, that to look forward to. There you go. After a 5-11 and 11 giant season, we go right into a New York Knicks season of excitement. And uh, Listen, they got to rebuild. they got to play defense. they got to play hard-nosed. New York Knicks basketball. They're gonna play. They're gonna play 1990s Knicks basketball in 2021. There you go. Well, I mean, they would win in you know the what? 90s. Wouldn't, wouldn't given given what the product's been the last X number of years? Wouldn't you take that at this point? You know, I I, I watched the first preseason game, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw in the first preseason game. I didn't. I didn't like as much the second preseason game, but the first one was pretty good. All right, Tibby's got him working. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be. The, I'm gonna be that. This is. This is. This is how odd this could be. I'm gonna be the Knicks defender this year. All right. All right. I mean, I could end up defending. <laughs> yeah. I think the team to look out for is is Miami again, and I, I don't think they're done moving people. But I think the Bucks are the team to beat in the East. The Bucks in Miami. I think Toronto took a step back. I think Boston took a step back, and we'll see how Brooklyn does. Um, yeah, I think Brooklyn having no history with. Those two players playing together and a limited history with with Kyrie last year uh, because of the injuries and stuff. And, and a first There's time a head coach. There. Yeah, a first time head coach. Yeah, yeah, and a neophyte head coach. They got a lot of they got a lot of things to work out. They got a lot yeah. of question marks. But I think at the end they'll. I, I would bet. Too much I think Kevin, I think Kevin Durant's a difference maker. I think the Clippers will have a better playoff run this year. Uh, I think it's the Clippers and the Lakers in the West. And uh, the Nuggets, well, listen, the Clippers got rid of their coach, who's right. blown the most. Uh, what being up three zero or three one or whatever leads yeah. in NBA history. So, man, we'll see how much that was the problem. How much the problem was, you know, playoff P or whatever his name is, who uh, yeah. never performed in the playoffs. Right, uh, Paul George, or is it George Ball? No, it's Paul George or George Ball, whatever his name is. Uh, we'll see Josh, how much he was. How much he was the problem, and how much Doc Rivers was the problem, and yeah, don't, we'll yeah, don't we'll count out Philly. Yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, I think there's a lot to, to figure out there too. I, I mean, don't count out the Nuggets. They did lose Tory Craig and Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, which I think were big parts of the team, especially Tory Craig and Grant defensively. But um, you know, with with Jokic and Murray, I think last year is going to go a long way with them, and yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah, they got. They need one gotta, more player. They need again. They're much like yeah. the Bucks. They need that one they other need, right. player. Yeah, 
And uh, uh, you know, what, what do we think of the Warriors? They got Steph, but you know, Clay, no Clay. Yep. So they'll, what are they? You know, they'll, they'll win. Some, they'll win forty-five games if it's a regular season. You know, not a, not going to be a powerhouse like in the past, though. I just don't think they. I just don't think with just Steph. I mean, I wouldn't want to play him in the playoffs, but I, I just. I also don't think they have enough. They've lost some some big men in the years past, and uh, I mean, how, how how many more years can Draymond do the Draymond thing? It's just it's getting old. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the one player the Nuggets you know need. If if the Nuggets could add. Um, what's his name as a shooting guard? Once he gets healthy, then then they're then they're a team that can can challenge the uh, uh, the Lakers, but they're just missing that third player. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting season. It all starts next week, so we're definitely going to be looking at that. That's for sure. And maybe even uh, going forward, we'll have some uh, NHL talk. Uh, oh, there's hockey, huh? There's hockey. There's hockey. You betcha. It's, it's coming up. It's coming up. But it's going to be fun. And so stay tuned. And we're we're going to have a lot of uh, interesting top ten lists once we get through the rest of the regular season. What's our uh, next top ten? The next top ten list is going to be defensive backs. Ooh, defensive backs. Are we going to are we going to get the punters eventually? Uh, Absolutely. Are we doing kickers? Or are we doing kickers? And top then ten. Punters? Well, long long snappers and then long holders. Snappers. Top ten water boys. Top ten, top ten uh, sideline nets for <laughs> kicking nets. What do they? What do they call the uh, when you're when you're kicking off the guy who's all the way on the outside? The gunner. The gunner. Gunner. Yeah. Top. Well, top, top ten gunners. gunners. Top yeah. ten gunners. We'll, well we pick apart top... different special teams positions. Special teams would be interesting. Well, top returners would be. Yeah, I think that would uh, be an act, a legitimate I, category. I, I knew my 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 number one is with well, yeah. That. Leon, Leon, Leon Bright, Bright. absolutely, <laughs> and, and 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 his affectionate nickname to those who know him, yeah. not so. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was committed. He was. he was committed, man. I was like, "Don't do it! Don't put that hand up!" Yes, <laughs> bam. I well, uh, gotta love it. All right, guys. So we'll oh. do uh, we'll do defensive backs next week, and right. uh, and we'll go from there. Folks, want to uh, want to thank everybody for watching the show and for those of you listening to the O podcast thanks for listening to us don't forget to visit our website www.logarum.com that's l-a-g-e-r-r-o-m.com please remember like us and follow us on all of our social media facebook twitter and instagram and our youtube channel all of them are at the log room remember we go live with the video podcast on both facebook and youtube every wednesday at seven o'clock and for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast you can do so on apple Podcasts, spotify TuneIn, and stitcher and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show again. Thanks for following along with us. Have a great weekend. Uh, check out all the games. Remember, we got Saturday football this week. Um, we'll see what our picks turn out to be. And we will talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Cheers. Ciao. Peace. Peace.